the pizza party christmas podcast i'm pan pizza who are you people where's jim oh oh no we didn't tell you he's dead yeah (laughs) fucking hayden killed him whoops yeah (laughs) oh well who do we have as his replacement for jim's demise you stev yes step step to to take this responsibility i can't Uh, you talk in a monotone voice now. Hey, what's up? It's Jim, <laughs> and today I'm going to review Ben 10, Race Against Time. Hey, uh, what's up? It's Jim. Today I'm going to be reviewing my toenails. Let's take a look at this. That sounded more like critical, yeah, actually. I say. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Hey, critical? <laughs> today I'm going to be watching some Jim reviews. Let's do this shit. <laughs> but yeah, we have Stev and Jaredgex back. Jaredgex, you fucking plug. <laughs> I keep wanting to read it as Jaredgex. It all fucking started with like, first like my sister made fun of my name because that was originally just my name on mp3.com, if anyone at all remembers that website. Wow. Oh, wow. And then fucking, I just brought it up randomly with a friend and now all my friends just call me Jaredgex. It doesn't really flow at all. <laughs> No, it, it just sounds like a fucking mess. Just J. Brad Gex. And also, you're referencing the the video game Gex, as if anyone cares about Gex anymore. Hey! I mean, hey! His last major appearance was in some Xbox racing game, uh, Mad Dash, which is actually a clusterfuck of a game, but I kind of like it. Apparently um, he has a completely different voice in, like, Britain or something? Like, oh, he yeah. has, like a, like, a soothing voice? Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, it's like the American one is super like, you know, ah, man, I'm cool, I'm Gex. And then you go over to, like, the UK and it, it he still says dumb catchphrases, but it's a little more tolerable with a oh, British accent. It's so much more tolerable. Like I said, it's smooth. It's fun to listen to. It's, yeah. Instead of like, whoa, it's like, hello. I can't wait for him to be in the next PlayStation All-Stars. <laughs> oh, <he>? ouch. <laughs> listen. Ow. That game... <laughs> 10 out of 10. Oh, no. The best thing about PlayStation All-Stars is the fact that Smash Brothers now has more PlayStation All-Stars than the actual PlayStation All-Stars game. (laughs) The inclusion of Cloud. Savage. Like, like, if we got Snake, we would just, you know, over. Sorry, PlayStation. Well, they have Raiden. Uh... You mean Raiden? Oh, everybody. Close enough. (laughs) That shows how much people care about Raiden. Nobody even knows how to say stupid name. Listen, Jack the Ripper was the fucking coolest thing ever. So edgy, ten, the best, the best fighter ever. He had a sword. He he crushed people's spines. Sick. If you play Gex, uh, like you, you notice that he just keeps quoting like Austin Power quotes, and like I'm thinking if Gex was made today. He would he'd be quoting like internet memes and he just saying you got trolled or Gangnam Style. Oh, you're right. Oh, you mad, bro? Oh, yeah, it's it, an enemy. They would like oh, totally okay. drop the TV motif completely, and it would have been like him trapped in like the web. Oh no. Oh, oh god. I I can see it. But I don't want it. 
you'd have a cameo by some let's player commenting and that's that's the whole <laughs> thing about the game he's stuck in the internet and and the evil narrator is just a let's player and then oh, it just man. becomes smosh the movie oh i love God. that movie it's i still so, haven't watched ironically it. or legitly uh, yeah ironically it's such a <laughs> god-awful movie <laughs> it's like I, sure. I, I, bu- I was literally i was um i was stopping by walmart after work and I was I, I always make it a point to look through the DVD section to see what they have. And I, I looked and Smosh the movie was there for ten dollars. And I was like, oh, my God. And I texted my friends and I was like, should I get this? And then like nobody responded, probably because they were so fucking horrified that this existed. And I was like, I'm getting it. So I bought it. I uh, streamed it. Everybody hated it, and it's by far one of my most favorite awful movies. Like, even I, I was watching the I Hate Everything review of it, and even he was like, yeah, these people, ha- the bloopers are more funnier than the actual movie itself. Because oh. it feels like they were so restrained in the movie, that's what he says. Well, yeah, okay. it's the movie. They were written by, like, t- um, two different ha- Hollywood hacks. Oh. So they didn't write it themselves. Oh, what? Oh, man. What was the fucking point, then, of them being Smosh? If it's not the original comedians writing their own story, then it's just two jackasses in some terribly written movie that is just inherently going to be bad. And and one thing I always love mentioning is that it was directed by the Ben 10 live-action movie director. It, that's just one of my favorite fa- fun facts. Wait, there was a Ben 10 live-action movie? Yeah, yeah, there was Race Against. There's like I four mean, of them. Yeah, no, no, there were two on TV. I, there's two. Okay, I own I own both of them, and I should um if um Jim wants to, I should make him review one of them. <laughs> <laughs> since Jim since Jim isn't here and he won't listen to this on time, uh, everybody uh send Jim Jim please review um Ben Ten Race Against Time. He'll be so confused. <laughs> no, don't. Then he'll be spammed with a bunch of crap that he doesn't want. Exactly, that's the whole oh, point. But yeah, Jim will be back, everyone. <laughs> yeah, um, don't worry, we're um, already working on some black magic to resurrect him, so... Yeah. No. Oh. I'm, I'm sure he'll have some fun stories from the afterlife to tell. Yeah. Oh, and the next video for next week is gonna be top, uh, top five Christmas specials, just whatever. Just talk about Who care? them. Who cares? <laughs> Look, I'm busy with school, so this is all I can do for now, you know? Top ten. Who gives a shit? Yeah, fucking Christmas specials. <laughs> you should have. You should have ran with that theme. Top. Um. Top five Christmas specials that didn't give a fuck. <laughs> well, there are some that I feel did do that. <laughs> Is, uh, Chris, the before Christmas, the night before Christmas. Yeah, Is that that's gotta be on the list, right? Oh, well, I already talked about that. So what's the point? Uh, I don't know. You just. You already was, have the footage. That was so disappointing. That that looked that looks so bland. I was expecting some really really funny racist caricatures, but all I got was just like some dumb rapping, and that's it. I was so disappointed. So you want to get into the news? Oh yes. All right. Just four brothers who hate bullies and love this city. Okay, so there's not much news, but hey, did anyone see the new Ninja Turtles trailer for Ninja Turtles 2 Out of the Shadows? No relation to the video game Out of the Shadows, which came out two years ago and was fucking shit. That that would be the live action one, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Actually... 
I kind of am holding out hope that it's going to be really good. It actually looks good. In, yeah, in like, but in like a dumb kind of way. Like, yeah. I'm not expecting it to be amazing or anything. But it looks like funnier than the last one, I guess. Fun, mm -hmm. stupid. Because, I mean, Bebop and Rocksteady look like their cartoon counterparts. Yeah, the oh, 80s yeah. version, not yeah. the new one. Oh, yeah. If you saw the, the 2012 <laughs> version of Bebop and Rocksteady, uh, they slimmed down, I think, either Bebop or Rocksteady. I don't know which one. No, Bebop. Okay, Bebop, uh, Bebop is like... Go ahead. He looks like um that guy from uh what was that show? Busy Town. Oh, that's Lazy Town. Lazy Town. Yeah, he looks like one of the characters from Lazy Town. That fucking show scared the shit out of me as a kid. <laughs> that show was a I don't know what that was, but it was like a surreal nightmare like that and uh Yo Gabba Gabba. I don't but actually the... remember that one. Was that also a puppet? Uh, show or it was a bunch of guys in costumes and it was made by i think the the head guy for aquabats oh <laughs> that guy makes some weird tv which explains everything yeah so i mean ninja turtles 2 i mean it actually looks fun stupid because if you see the trailer to the first uh the 2012 or whatever whatever year that movie came out in it looked too serious yeah it looked too serious and also you barely saw the turtles you, you saw more megan fox but here you see like maybe two clips of megan fox and that's all one of the biggest letdowns with these like uh, michael bay films is that they never like to manipulate the actual characters in questions like transformers movies barely had the transformers and then the ninja turtles just felt very absent in the first live action movie as well so if they tried to just focus on the goddamn fucking turtles for once, I feel like it would at least, if it's not great, it'd be better, you know? Mm. Well, the reason why they, they focus they focus on the human mostly because it's cheaper. Like, yeah. uh, when when uh, one second of Optimus Prime <laughs> being on screen costs like a couple of hundred thousand dollars, um, I, it totally makes sense why the scripts are written around the humans, but from a a uh, fan or from a story perspective if the movie's called transformers or turtles i want to see the main characters be those and not um megan fox and um shia labeouf that raises a question for me though if it, if it starts becoming too expensive where you have to rely on cgi and like wouldn't it be um cheaper to just use make puppet the puppet costumes and then like <laughs> use cgi for the action scenes or something i don't know that's gonna be that could be jarring yeah i don't know i'm i'm just thinking I think he I already has, the, like, an art style set in stone of, you know, CGI, mon uh, like, you know, the CGI monster guys and turtles and stuff. And then every human will just be a human, you know? Yeah. Like, anything too complicated will just have to be CGI. The George Lucas route. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But hmm. the original 90s turtles looked great, and they were, you know, basically Muppets. Yeah, I mean, it was the Jim Henson company, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Do they still do things? Uh, they're working on the Five Nights at Freddy's movie. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great. Freddy, Freddy, Freddy Fazbear is a Muppet now, I guess. Well, I mean, animatron. Like, I think Five Nights at Freddy's could translate really well into live action since they're crappy animatronics. So I think that would look really good as a conventional effects like um, that movie that came out, Krampus. Krampus? Mm -hmm. Krampus? I haven't yeah. seen that yet. I, yeah, the, 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 um, the uh, creature effects were probably the best part of the movie, and that's it. <laughs> so yeah. you didn't like it? It just kind of bummed me out, honestly, because it was like the um, not spoilers, not spoilers, but basically the whole thing with the Krampuses. If you have given up on the spirit of Christmas or whatever, or if you just like kind of like lose the holiday spirit or whatever, the Krampus comes and kills everyone you love. And I'm just like, wow, sorry for sorry if I have seasonal depression, you fucking asshole. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> 
Did it did it like hit close to home, and that's why it's. It did hit close to home, and I was like, "Wow, this kind of bummed me." Except um, I was with my friend uh, Super Spo, and uh, we were um, in the um, theater at like in the a- middle of the afternoon on a weekday. So nobody was in there, mm-hmm. and we just riff tracks to the whole thing. So that made it a little bit better. Nice. And I was just, uh, we were just screaming and just saying how stupid some of the stuff was, and like how some some of the kills were really disappointing. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't like gory at all or not even that creative. Well, it's PG-13. Well, I know. Yeah. I know. But I mean, creative at least. I mean, you should see the uh, director's other movie, Trick or Treat. Yeah. Yeah. So is this guy like building an entire career out of horror movies based off like niche little holiday themes? Pretty much. Yeah. I want the Easter Bunny movie. I can't wait. I feel like there's like 20 straight to video movies probably about that already of, of a horror film. <laughs> I just want like a remake of Thanks Killing. That's just all I want because <laughs> it was a great movie when it came out, and I want another fucking puppet turkey man to just complete my life. Ooh. Oh, but going back to Ninja Turtles, like anything else to say about the trailer? Yeah, I think it's unfair like to use It's Tricky because that automatically makes me like the trailer because you can't make a bad trailer without that song, you know? It's too good. <laughs> well, it's the dubstep remix as featured in SSX by EA, the new one. But uh, one thing that uh, that I noticed, like, uh, near the end when uh, the Rhino, I think, Rocksteady was charging, he looks very choppy, like he's made of stop motion. Like, I'm wondering if the CGI is not finished or that's intentional, because I hope that's intentional. No, uh, basically, like nine times out of ten, most of these trailers, especially released this early out, it's usually made with, okay, we have all these shots done for the most part. Make what you can out of it. Because, <laughs> I don't know, I think that'd be cool if these animated like a stop-motion creature. Oh, I was going to say was, basically, a lot of the times these CG movies, um, uh, no matter what, they're filmed at, like, uh, CG's usually 60 or 30 frames per second, and then film is done a lot on 24 frames. And I, I don't understand why a lot of films don't just cut out the unnecessary frames to help it, like blend better because a lot of times cg just looks too perfect or it, it's uh, two things they always give it away it's lighting where they don't match lighting enough yeah. or it, it moves around too fluidly oh yeah that's true because mm-hmm. i don't know lighting always just ruins like a lot of effects for me mm-hmm. but, but also one other thing in the end of the trailer is uh when they're in the i guess in a river and you just see beep up on a tank and sh- shooting at the turtles on the tank i mean that just looks like something that would be a toy just uh mm. the villain <laughs> yeah. sticking out of a giant tank like something straight out of just nintendo power like buy this today it's got rocksteady and Raphael in it yeah. but um on the subject of um weird toys like that um me me and super spo the friend i was talking about earlier were in a target or a walmart and there was this avengers toy where it was the Hulk? He's sitting on a car, and oh, his yeah. fucking arms. Oh, I know exactly what you're yeah, talking about. Yes, and it's an RC <laughs> car, and like it doesn't drive, but he uses his fucking arms to go forward. So his arms are like like fucking like super long, and they like spin around, and it's just like, why did you do this? What is this for? It's, oh yeah, it, and it's it's the Hulk, right? Yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. Hulk. Yeah, it's it's so fucking. <laughs> I mean, all these toys always give like superheroes, like Superman, like he- Superman's epic motorcycle, remote controlled, and stuff. Like, why would they need this? <laughs> I, I think my favorite one though was it's just a uh, a Star Wars car, but it, like a remote control car. 
But all it is is it's just Darth Vader's face as a car. <laughs> what a narcissist. What the why? Well, that's it's the like, one thing I never understood about toys is like that. And then on top of it, like I always just want the action figure to be like as close to the show as possible. But they mm-hmm. always have like these weird gimmicks where like, let's put a button on him so he can move his arm because that's a gimmick and gimmicks sell to kids. But I always wanted to show accurate stuff like Toy Story pissed me off because I could never get show accurate Toy Stories until recently. <laughs> we couldn't. Mm-hmm. But like, like uh, a lot of times it would be like action spring slinky or uh, uh, things like that. Instead, now they have like the actual you can buy Woody and it's just Woody, you know, like from the movie. Yeah. Uh, even the same like casing that Andy had when he opened them. <laughs> oh, oh you mean like when they when they say like, you know, oh, Buzz Lightyear. And then you get him and he has like Buzz Lightyear that could make a big, long arm stretch or like <laughs> tiny Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, it, it always bugged me when you see like um like a Batman toy having like all these attached missiles like Batman never uses these things except for yeah. Brave and the Bold if you saw like the final episode of Brave and the Bold um Batmite comes in and uh he edits the entire world so that's more closely resembling like a a shitty 90s toy where Batman has <laughs> these stupid plastic missiles attached to his shoulders <laughs> oh so that's- awesome I need to watch that show, I guess, because that's awesome. <laughs> also, uh, the what was it? Oswald from uh, uh, Drew Carey show is the voice of Batman in that. And oh, yeah. it's awesome. Well, he's also oh. um, uh, I, I think of him more as Rex Quando from uh, Napoleon Dynamite. You think anybody wants a roundhouse kick to the face while I'm wearing these bad boys? Forget about it. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> At that point, you might as well get like critical to voice Batman. <laughs> oh, my. oh. Well, for me, well. Kevin, obviously, from the um, the animated series is, like, the Batman voice I always want. But, like, uh, between Oswald and then Will Arnett is, like, the quintessential parody Batman. Like, he's <laughs> he's so good. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I remember I was watching Arrested Development, like, years ago, and I was thinking, I think Will Arnett could voice, like, Batman or something. And it finally what? somewhat sort of happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh-huh. I, I, if, if they if they dropped the Lego thing and decided, you know, OK, we're going to make like a semi like humorous Batman show or even a serious. I, w- I wouldn't even mind him being serious. But Will Arnett just is like, I'm Batman like the, the, the but Michael, you know, that voice is so good. Yeah. I mean, he does have that <laughs> sinister sounding voice to him. It's an illusion, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> OK. And I guess that's all a bit of news, but j- let me just remind everyone that we have the fan chunk playlist. So if you, if you have any YouTube videos that involve the Pizza Party podcast or Rebel Taxi, like a fan animation or whatever related, uh, email it to me at rebeltaxi at yahoo.com. There's a link to uh, the fan chunk playlist below. Also, we have a fan DeviantArt and a fan Reddit linked below. <clears throat> I like how you say fan in front of that. Like you, you like... Well, I'm not involved. We have a fan. It's, it's not official. <laughs> I, I, know, I know, but like it's, how you say fan is really funny. It's just like we also have a fan YouTube and a fan merch shop. I, I don't mean, know. I, I, I mean, for all I you know. You say like, it like, you know, oh, it's not mine. None of this is my stuff. No, it's those dirty fans. <laughs> I mean, like you never – I have no control of them. Like for all I know, that my, the fan demon art could just be converted to like a – I don't know, some sort of um, – anti-semitic blog posts by a neo-nazi group anytime you never know guys make it happen <laughs> yeah, next week april Pan has spoken do it 
Like, no, then I'm gonna get somewhat involved, somewhat. Uh, to jail by proxy. I didn't do anything wrong. But hey, you get like an anti-pan pizza is a douchebag uh, Tumblr post, like master post, where like list all the things. Well, you probably already have one. Oh, one person did that once. Like, look Aww. at this one post he made about Steven Universe. This is pedophilia. It's like calm down. <laughs> Actually, Joke. does this does this count as news? But there's a new Steven bomb coming out January like second that yeah. week. Steven Universe yeah. is back, everyone. Ooh. I want to get yeah, one of those vinyl figures of, of uh, those pop vinyls. Even though I I don't normally like pop vinyls, but I like the ones. The pop figures are so ugly. Okay, here's my problem with ugly. them. Uh, oh. Like the simpler cartoon designs, that works a lot better than the ones that they do of like live action people that are just overly complicated. Like I, I prefer simple, smooth characters. Minimalistic. Yeah, mm. those translate better to to uh, vinyl figures than, uh, let's say, mm. the. Uh, Marvel movie universe characters. I think that when it already is a simplistic art style, it's so easy to convert that to a simplistic uh, model. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. like the the Steven Universe ones are really creepy looking, mm-hmm. especially like Garnet looks fine. Garnet looks the best out of the whole set, and it also helps that the soulless dot eyes that look awful on every pop, but for some reason they built their brand around it. I don't have a, a hatred for them or anything, but like it's hidden behind the glass, so it's cool. But like Steven and Pearl have like this really uncanny creepiness to them, <laughs> and. And it's super upsetting when you find out that, like, the crew universe had, like, help. Like, they were, like, gave them design notes and such. And I'm just like, how did you guys agree to this? Yeah, you like, why? did this. <laughs> you could have stopped this. <laughs> but hmm. Grab Rebecca Sugar by her fucking collar and just be like, you did this to me. Ow, what the fuck did I do? Ow, you asshole. I said, I wanted I money. said Rebecca Sugar, not Emily. Uh, Shh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. Not to get you riled up again. But uh, I do plan on buying them only to support the show, but I plan on painting the faces because I can't <laughs> handle it. Oh. <laughs> that's so that's sad. A, I mean, that's kind, of, that's kind of a creative way of fixing it. So, so, mm-hmm. yeah. it's so cruel. But I think... Uh, I'm actually going to look these up. I think pop figures are going to be the new Beanie Babies. Oh, definitely. They really feel like it. Yeah, I mean, they're already so oversaturated and everywhere, like, Hot Topic and stuff. Like, eventually, people are going to be like, I don't want to see this shit anymore. <laughs> well, like, getting on trends like Amiibos, pop figures and such, um, it's really easy to, like, when it first starts out, to jump on it, to start collecting. Because, like, oh, I'll buy one a week or something, you know, like, 10 bucks here and there. It doesn't sound so bad. But, like, when I realized that the Amiibos, at minimum, was going to have 59 characters because of Smash Brothers, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, oh, these are about $13. Oh. <laughs> I, I quickly decided that I'm not going to collect them all. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I mean, I hate what Nintendo's doing by by doing the, what's it called? Uh, artificial inflation. I, th- I think that's what, what would we call it. But basically, I, they, they're purposely limiting supply, so there's a high demand. Like, if, if you see one of those things, you're going to want to buy it unless, I mean, look at Skylanders. Like, there's tons of them. And people are like, oh, I can buy that, but whatever. I can buy that any other time. Uh, uh, if this was any, like, this was like a couple of months back, I would have agreed with you. Mm-hmm. But then um, now, 
uh, there's a surplus of them. Like I've seen like one Best Buy I went to had like crates full of Marths. I think it might have actually been like I, I would have called foul play. I would have been like they're just lying about this like strike or something happening with like a shipments or something. But apparently they were actually just trapped in a warehouse. Like um, there, there's actually a decent supply everywhere now. Now, it might have been artificial early on to like the Wii, you know, like you're saying, I have to get it. Otherwise, I won't get it at all. But um, I think it might have actually they might have been telling the truth. Don't believe their lies. (laughs) Don't believe Ondor's lies. Hey, Uh, dude, I I actually fucking looked up the pop thing and Steven is all right. I mean, he looks I hate his hair, but Pearl, Mm -hmm. I, I definitely agree. There's something fucked up about her having the only one with blue unblinking eyes <laughs> well I'm, I'm glad that she is she's the only character in the show that has blue eyes like i mean i'm sure there's another like someone in the comments already typing actually this character also has colored eyes but um actually if you take <laughs> off the glasses garnet has three scary purple eyes they're all well i think it's blue red and purple but you know there's gonna be someone to correct oh. me but uh, Pearl just looks like the Jack in the Box mascot. Oh my god, you're right. <laughs> oh, look at him. Oh fuck. She's doing like a, oh, she's doing an adorable like strong arm stance. She has the <laughs> nose too. Yeah. Oh, god. Well, that and like Pearl makes sense why the figures have noses, but like um, I think the other ones they just draw them on and it bothers me. Oh. Or or like Steven Randley has a nose, but normally pop figures don't, and I'm just like, why did you decide this? Hmm. <laughs> Yo, guys, I, I found Peter Griffin, oh. if you guys haven't seen him yet. Oh, no, no. Peter he, Griffin pop vinyl. That is a ball sack. That looks that is, horrifying. There's no way around it. It is a ball sack. I mean, I think- but the coolest thing is that we're going to get foam weapons later on. So we, we're basically going to get Hulk hands for Garnet's gauntlets. Can't wait. Oh. Is that true? It's true. It's it's happening. Is it official? Like I need I need to know. Well, I mean, like 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 it's not official that they announce which weapons, but they've stated that they're, they they named off the five companies they're making figures or toys, and some of the toys aren't really like uh, toys. Like one of them's like, oh, they're gonna make mystery bags where you can get like plushies and uh, dog tags, and I'm like, those are toys. No. I mean, plushies are, but. Dog tags? No. But one of the, t- the companies is making foam, pl- like, role-play weapons. Yes. Even if it has to be, like, fan-made, I just want, like, the Steven shield just to hang on my wall. Oh, yeah. that is mm. If it was also sick, transparent, yeah. 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 Oh, that would be great, too. But uh, I don't think they're going to make a toy out of Amethyst's weapon. Like, can you make a toy out of a whip? They, they will find, like, <laughs> a really weird way to get around it. Like, they'll still make something Amethyst. Cause Steven Universe brand rope. <laughs> Basically. Jump rope, I guess? I oh. No, skip it. We need a skip it thing. Oh! <laughs> Break everyone's knees with yeah. it. I love it. Though there is enough characters now that we could easily get away with just having Garnet's gauntlets, Steven's shield, uh, Pearl's spear thing and then uh like jasper's helmet peridot's legs and arms <laughs> no uh, peridot's legs and arms would be like uh, moon shoes i oh yeah like slippers yeah but like really tall slippers mm. i want you the guys, goggles no i, I think you guys are like I, a kid walking around on like two foot tall stilts and big long arms I, I wait. I think uh, like uh, Peridot's arms could work as like a, a Nerf gun. 
Oh, that like a oh. Gatling gun? Yeah. Like the That'd be cool. <laughs> I mean, her fingers do look like Nerf uh, bullets. <laughs> but um, are, are you guys interested in hearing like what the episodes are going to be about? What are they about? Uh, okay, so spoilers in case anyone. Uh, the first episode coming back is going to be Garnet explaining how Ruby and Sapphire met, which means we're going to actually finally see what Jim World's going to look like. Oh, we, we don't know. I mean, they could be born on Earth. Oh, uh, no. Like, we've seen a clip. Or I've seen a minute-long clip. Oh. Yeah. No, no, no. Wait. No, we're not going to see. You're right. You're right. No, no. The clip specifies that they're on Earth. Never well, mind. Oh, fucking Fuck. thanks. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Jesus. man. Sorry. I, I got excited. I got super excited. Everyone here had a two-foot-long boner, and you just fucking ruined it. <laughs> I'm the worst. I just became the worst. Um, <laughs> fucking flaccid now. Thanks a lot, Stev. I'm the Brita of this podcast. Um, made no one cry. <laughs> At his flaccid dick. Um, then the other episodes are oh, oh, so they're really exciting. They range from Steven's birthday to um, something happens. I, I can't remember the, the exact things, which I guess works for people that want to look it up. But I know the last episode out of the bomb is Steven uh, looks at a paradox recorder and listens in to what she's been saying. Mm. That's exciting. <laughs> I, I I got this one fucking theory about uh, the the birthday episode. I don't think they're gonna do it, but it's just a thought. Uh, Steven Universe has been taking a lot of notes from like animes and stuff, and in the mm-hmm. description for Steven's birthday, he says something about how he has a lot of growing up to do. I almost wonder if they're going to try and age up Steven a little bit. I mean, I don't his know why he has changed throughout the show. Yeah, I mean, like, physically changing in some kind of way. Because we've seen characters in the past, like, ha- go through, like, a physical change. Like, all the gems changed, and then Peridot became short, and I'm wondering if they're going to maybe change Steven visually maybe. in some way. Maybe. I don't think it would be during this season, though, because so many of the episodes have happened within days. Like, literally, the current arc has been episode ends. And then the next episode follows up like a couple of hours afterwards. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so it's like an even smaller Ed and Eddie where Eddie, Ed and Eddie takes place during the summer, but this takes place in like five days. The, what if the entire <laughs> series took place in like three days? Well, <laughs> at the exact same time, uh, the, the first season takes place like oh, I think in the course of like two years or something. Uh, yeah, that's because crazy something- to think about. Yeah, because, like, Connie says something that, like, implies – oh, I think it was the Nightmare episode where she's like, I've been doing this for a year. You know, like, I've been doing this for, like, a year. I, I bought my glasses. <laughs> I haven't wearing glasses for a year, and you didn't even notice, Mom. Great yeah. parenting. I like how that almost sounded like Connie's been robbing banks. Like, I've been doing this for years, Mom. <laughs> what do you know? You don't know me. But uh, here's here's a topic that would be fun to discuss because uh, everyone here is fans of Steven Universe, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. How do you guys feel about the Steven bombs? Uh, just in general, like like in a in a storytelling perspective, and also, would you prefer having five episodes in one week or five episodes throughout five weeks, and then a constant update? Like, because um, the episode, the reason why we went on hiatus so quickly was two things. Um, one that may get me in trouble is that there's been a lot of issues. <laughs> and then the other thing is that the Steven bombs, uh, well, the first one was planned because obviously they re, you know, mess around with schedule stuff. The second one wasn't. That's, that's very clear by like how it, it had no arc. But then uh, Sardonyx and this one both seem like they're built around certain episodes. 
so it seems more planned and they also are really you know rated ratings juggernaut mm-hmm. um from my perspective I don't mind if the episodes are like linked together as Steven bombs, but uh, think how we would have felt about Sardonyx, where apparently it was months of Ruby or not Ruby, but Garnet and Pearl fighting over the situation. But we saw it through the span of a week. What if we saw one episode a week where that took five weeks for us to go through their fight would have seemed a lot more impactful versus they, they made, you know, they made it like, oh, man, finally, it's over. You know, like the characters said that themselves and then it's like, well, no, it just happened in a, a couple of days to us. It didn't seem as like daunting, you know? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think in that way, it's like what's better watching a TV show or watching a movie, because in that case, it's more like it's less like we're watching a show. and We're watching like some special like mm-hmm. the other equivalent is they just make some like hour long or hour and a half long special, which I guess would make it a feature. Uh, of a Steven Universe uh, kind of movie or a short where these events like carry out. So if you were to see it more as like just a movie, then you could appreciate it like that, I guess. But if it was spanned over a long time, I guess I think a lot of people would. It, this is just coming from my perspective and my experience with shows that do that. I think a lot of people would have liked it when it was finally over. But mm-hmm. I think a lot of people could also start thinking like it'd it'd start feeling tedious because how many yeah, episodes no. did it take? Five? It, it took five. So like we would yeah. have had five weeks of them constantly fighting. And I could see where that would have felt really like it, it was a blessing in disguise that we got them all at once. But yeah. uh, I just wanted to kind of like throw that perspective of how uh, how you watch episodes may also affect the narrative to people. I Like for me, it feels sort of up in the air. I do think – I think it could have maybe worked if they spanned it over a couple of months because each episode wasn't entirely focused on uh, their fight. I mean, we had the ones like when they went to the motel and stuff, and that one was centered around that story arc. But then we had things like, you know, the goofy uh, play where you could almost forget that that uh, backstory problem was happening. So in that case, it wouldn't have felt too tedious, I guess, the whole time. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then you also have like the this next arc, which feel, feels appropriate because it's happening so close to each other that like if the last like few Paradot episodes where it's literally an hour from each other, um, that would have been perfect for a Steven Bomb, I think. I like, actually OK, to follow up with what you were last saying, I was fucking frustrated every time they couldn't catch Paradot. That pissed me <laughs> off so much. Yeah. I was just sitting there like. This could be so easy. Paradox seems like such an idiot. Why cannot it seem to catch her? And then they did, and uh, it was rewarding, though. So, uh, again, I'm a little back and forth about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the other thing is uh, the Steven Bombs airing them so close together obviously catches them up on the production schedule, which means Steven Bombs force us to go on hiatus a lot more than a regular five-week, you know, five episodes of five weeks, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, like, what do we prefer? Like, because uh, I know we're being conditioned to like the Steven Universe, uh, Steven Bombs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I guess it's just sort of like, are you willing to wait? Although, I guess if you're like a fan of like gr- the Gravity Falls fandom, they'll put mm-hmm. out like a 30 minute episode and then fuck off for like two months and then come back with another episode and then fuck off for another two months. So, well, each fan already has a lot case. of waiting, anyways. 
Well, well what I mean that, is there's a lot of shows that already have, like, people having to wait for arbitrary reasons. It, is it, though? Or is it just Disney and Nickelodeon? Yeah. I, I actually don't. I can't quite speak for networks. I don't know why. Uh, Gravity Falls was a special case because the show's been wrapped up since summer. Which, by the way, guys, for the ones that the first time I was on the podcast, we had to edit it out. That's what I was talking about. Oh, I was yeah. talking about how Gravity Falls ended way before it was announced. Whoops. Yes. Steph, Steph, has, <laughs> Steph has connections and stuff. And you know, fuck you, Steph. Uh, Steph knows people in high places. Don't fuck with them. Yeah. These weird animation parties and mansions. Basically, right. uh, a friend of mine worked on Wabbit, offered me a job to work on it. But it, I was out of town at the time. Oh. So, like, I couldn't do it. Like, it would have been like a weekend job. And he mentioned that Gravity Falls was out of production and such. I was like, oh, that's cool. And so it makes sense why there's hiatuses so much with Gravity Falls because they only had so many episodes to work out. And they're clearly working on merchandise coming out in 2016. So they had to keep air a couple of it to keep the uh, hype up. And then that's the reason why the finale is not airing until next year is because they, they have a, um, a number three journal like role play version of that, like a real version oh, yeah. coming out and they need the people to still be caring about Gravity Falls. Yeah. I guess well, that's a shame. Merchandise, <laughs> I guess, takes a long time and stuff. But yeah, they're mm. making a journal, like a legit journal for the, for um, Gravity Falls. It's so yeah. exciting. I can't wait to draw Gravity Falls porn in it. <laughs> Uh, I mean, <laughs> I noticed like a lot of cartoons in the post 2010s are do, ha, have a book of their own, like uh, Adventure Time as the Enchiridion, uh, My Little Pony as some friendship book, and Gravity Falls has this thing. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Huh. And I then, guess, well, from like a plot perspective, it's kind of easy to, that could function well as like a plot device. You open up the book and then it's like, oh, there's a new adventure. Yeah. Well, every show, usually especially kids shows, will have either a book or a person to uh, that's knowledgeable about stuff because you, you the main character can't know because because the, the, uh, the, the proxy like you, you basically have to have someone tell them information about the universe and that's teaching you as well. Yeah. And so um, usually you have an older person being like, oh, that's the leprechaun. He does leprechaun stuff. Yeah. Or you have a book to look up and that's how you get those information. Yeah, exposition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not I'm not counting it out or anything. Just saying like, you know, a book is a easy way to do that because mm -hmm. it, it kind of harkens back to uh, olden time stories that we would literally read out of old books and be like, oh, I haven't seen this before. And it'd have some great, awesome story in it. Or I, I guess it, it could also relate back to, like, treasure hunting stories like Indiana Jones. Mm -hmm. yeah. But on top of that, you have, like, Pokemon that had the Pokedex. Yeah. That was, yeah. That was its way of doing it. Yeah. And I, I have a story that I'm writing for myself. And I actually had a moment where I thought of having a book. Like, uh, I'd have my own reason for why the book is there. And at some point, though, at least in the case of my story that I was writing, I actually grew distant from that because it felt a little too, uh, too plot device-y. So, okay. yeah, it, it felt too like, you know, it had nothing to do with the overall like theme. The book suddenly just felt so like mysterious and archaeology like and it, it had no place in the story. So I think in some ways uh, it can work in some places and it can work in others. For Gravity Falls, it works perfectly because it's so it works with the overall theme of the story of solving mysteries. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah it I definitely plays up. And with Adventure Time, I think it works great, too, because it's supposed to be an adventure and that uh, a magical, all-knowing book is just that's like every fantasy. I would also argue that Jake the dog also acts 
Jake and uh, the Bubblegum Girl both act as kind of like that expert character as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, it is kind of confusing, though. Why is it that Jake, why is it that Finn is so uh, sometimes very unknowledgeable about the world around him, though he was raised in, you know, the world, just like Jake? You mean Finn, yeah. why Finn wasn't uh, knowledgeable? I don't know, he's, still, I, uh, he's, he's like 13 at the time, he still doesn't know everything. I guess mm. so, I guess it's, he's kind of like dumb, like a kid would be dumb then. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I, maybe I'm actually remembering it wrong. The last time I watched Adventure Time was like a year and a half ago, so. <laughs> That's how everyone watches it, a year and a half ago. I actually watched it backwards what? for whatever reason. Yeah, like a lot of people are like, you got to catch the latest uh, Adventure Time. And Adventure Time wasn't one of those like shows that like really caught me to where like I had to watch it. And so I wound up watching the latest episode and just kind of clicked back and <laughs> watched in reverse. It was interesting. That's awesome. <laughs> so you got every all the plots in reverse? Yeah. What? Yeah. Why, why would you watch it in reverse? <laughs> I don't know like I, I didn't i guess i didn't realize that adventure time had a plot like that was like overarching oh i thought it was like one of those like oh watch anything like mm. um like a I watched criminal minds like you, you guys heard the show criminal minds right absolutely yeah i watched that on netflix but i just randomly click on episodes <laughs> oh yeah no it's the next law and order it's straight up just like uh we don't fucking care this episode's about some bullshit i don't know but I also miss because I don't watch TV. I don't watch like you know actual live television, and I kind of miss the yeah. random. Don't have to decide on the episode; it just pops up. Not where you know, like I, I miss that reruns. Yeah. yeah, I guess like for me, I can just open up YouTube and you know find one of those like oh freak of the week type store. Although I guess a lot of that resonates with Let's Plays nowadays, so it is a bit different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless I want to go out of my way and like start torrenting shows, but. Uh, that's a whole legal issue that, you know, I don't really want to deal with. Mm-hmm. I don't think torrenting's bad if there's not an official DVD release. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. People, well, people get in debates about it all the time. Like, I've had people say, like, you know, it's a huge moral issue for them, which is something entirely different that I can't even really argue with because that's all their thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I have a box next to me because I don't have a bookshelf to put them but like I have a medium-sized Lowe's moving box full of movies and box sets, mostly yeah. box sets. And I'm like, if they if they release a full season of a TV show and I remotely like it, I will support them. I don't even like regular show, and I almost bought the Blu-rays just because it's it's such the best. It's the best like format I've ever seen Cartoon Network ever do for a TV series. It was like <laughs> season one and two Blu-ray, every episode commentary, uh-huh. and I wanted to be like, okay, Cartoon Network, this is how you do it. I don't even like this show, and I bought this. Yeah. <laughs> I so wait, like Pan when you mentioned the possibility that they were going to have regular show on Laserdisc, even. <laughs> Even though it was just an idea that broke my heart, because I wish that would have been true. I know I wanted that. Like I, I know other companies wanted to make a laser disc, but there's no manufacturer that will make them. Like a yeah, the classic game room, this web show of internet reviews, like that they wanted to make a, a laser disc, but they couldn't. So all they could do was make a a, a laser disc shape. Well. A case of a laser disc and turn that into a DVD case <laughs> that carries four discs. Oh, that's, mm. 
It'd be like, <gasps> open it up and it's just like a little disc in the middle. <laughs> yeah, it's not as uh, exciting though. Just like da 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 Oh fuck. No. This isn't laser disc. This is this is a fucking fraud. I do like that records are kind of making a comeback though. Yeah, that's something like maybe laser discs will. Then again, I think I think I guess VHS is the movie equivalent of a a record. The Star Wars trilogy special edition on video. In a galaxy far, far away. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. It's a battle of good against evil. Come with me. With new scenes, new sounds, and new special effects. Experience adventure like never before. It is your destiny. The Star Wars Trilogy Special Edition rated PG. Available for a limited time. Speaking of that, so... Uh, I was I was hoping uh, Jim would be on because like uh, I think he would be blown away by this, but I had not actually seen any of the Star Wars movies. What? The fuck? What? Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, up until like a couple of days ago, uh, my friend Tristan he he got he had a VHS copy because he wanted me to see the original version before <laughs> George Lucas started editing stuff, and he burned them to a disc. And so I'm watching. I watched the first one. I'm I'm going to watch the second one tomorrow. Of um of the Star Wars movies and the first movie's really boring. Yeah, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> There's like nothing that happens. I I like Ow. it's literally the walking in a desert for like an hour. And oh, then, you mean a New Hope? Yeah, a New Hope. Yeah, I, and uh, you want to fucking die? I know, I know, I know. Um, I see why people like it, and I'm really excited to see the second one because I heard the second one's re- like the best one out of the set. So this is where I'm going to see if Star Wars is good or not. Yeah. Uh, but like the New Hope, I was watching it and I accidentally clicked off. Like I was working on stuff while I was watching it, and um, I clicked on a VLC player thing, and it, it automatically swapped. And I was like, No, no, you, my movie experience. And I clicked <laughs> back on. I'm just going to scrub through, and I found out that I was like 59 minutes into the movie, and I was like. That was fifty nine. That was an hour. <laughs> I, th- I thought it was like twenty minutes in. <laughs> the first time I watched Star Wars when I was like, I guess thirteen or so, like I thought it was super fucking boring. But for some reason, I kept watching them and watching them over and over again, and grew to love them. Mm-hmm. I like for me, uh, I have a great respect for like, uh, well, respect's not the word. I have a great love for uh, sci-fi and <clears throat> visuals specifically. So okay. I looked at it as like a – I didn't really see look at it from like a modern perspective. I did look at it like an old movie. And looking at it at the time, I thought the puppets were super cool. So I guess I got more connected to – and all the old special effects. So what I had for The New Hope was I kept looking at that and I kept listening to the music. And I appreciated it from a visual perspective. But I will agree, I think people – especially now that like A Force Awakens come out – and people are starting to like kind of talk shit on. Oh, this character wasn't that cool. Oh, it, the story is so much better with like Luke and Ben and stuff. To be fair, Luke was kind of a pansy jackass sometimes he, in a so new hope. He's so whiny in the first movie. He's just like, but I want to go to the academy. Oh <laughs> <laughs> no, man, but I got <laughs> Ben. Why do I gotta be here? I gotta go back to the Hachi station. It's like, fucking. <laughs> I just Fuck you! But I was gonna go to Hachi Station to pick up some cower converters. I just have no idea what's happening because I haven't seen Star Wars either. Power converters. But hey, what no I one... will say is that Han Solo 
is a sexy man. Like, uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm watching it. I'm just like, I'm straight, but that guy's like smiles good. Like, I, I, he's, he's got a lot of charisma and like his chin. I don't know how to describe it, but it's like perfect human. Did he make you gay just for a second? <laughs> I, yeah, I, we're on a spectrum of sexualities, I think, but like. Um, I just, uh, he's a very charismatic, attractive man. I understand. I understand now all the women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's Good great. job, Harrison Ford. Uh, everybody I fucking, in my library, I'll never fucking forget this. In my library, see, back when I was in elementary school, let's say third grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had to have been like nine or eight, you know, way before puberty where I understood any of that. Uh, I didn't watch any Star Wars movies and I didn't know who Harrison Ford was, but it only came to my attention a few years ago that in my library, next to my librarian's uh, desk, was a huge, like, four-foot-tall poster of shirtless Harrison Ford. (laughs) And I don't fucking know how they got away with that. But there's just a shirtless Harrison Ford hanging in my school's library. (laughs) Why? And I guess because the librarian liked Harrison Ford. I check out that book every day. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) I don't have his book. (laughs) uh, I really get sucked in. So, like, but I want to, like, help illustrate the experience of what I'm watching here. It's standard definition. So, you know, four by three. And at the very bottom of the screen is that VHS warping. (laughs) Oh, you know that little blurry... Yes. Or, uh, yeah, that warping shit. Oh, nice. So, like, I'm watching it in the most authentic way possible. Yeah, but it's a digital print of it. It's not the real VHS tape. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, the I'm 8 not... millimeter. All right, fine, Pan. Let me go get the VHS. Yeah. Let me find it. Like, for, like, 10 bucks, I could probably get a VHS player. And uh, VCR is, what I think, what they were called. <laughs> <laughs> and a old school TV from Goodwill. And then watch it just to please you. I'm actually astounded how easy it is to get things like uh, <clears throat> like uh, uh, Star Wars just on classic VHS and stuff, unaltered. Mm. I keep thinking it would be like a rarity, but not really for Star Wars. Well, I'm sure they made a billion prints of that. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, well, I'm sure George Lucas tried his best to get like as many prints out as possible when he was making the prequels. Because even when it was on VHS, he made that like altered version. Uh, of like the the other Star Wars movies, the not the prequels, the original, mm-hmm. and those were on VHS. And then he went to DVD, and then Blu-ray, and then he just kept fucking going. I th- I'm just waiting for like them for Disney to officially release uh, the Star Wars Christmas special, <laughs> <laughs> like in perfect HD quality. Like I'm waiting for that. I already so, own that. I, I I watched. Okay, okay. So I lied. I, I have seen Star Wars before, but it was Episode One, and I seen the Christmas special, and now I've seen. The fourth one. The, <laughs> the one that trilogy. you should enjoy. But no. well, the Christmas special is amazing. Uh, it's, it's my like favorite surreal. part is actually the... <clears throat> my favorite part is those 1970s commercials. Did any of you get that copy that comes with the commercials? <laughs> no. Oh, I haven't actually it's, sat down and watched the full thing. <laughs> it's a great time. My favorite one, it's two of them. The first commercial is like straight up an eagle flying through... Some like pat, some big open wooden area, and you hear this guy being all like, 
Like, you have to stay to a strict ideal. If you diverge from the strict ideal, then you have lost a part of yourself. And very patriotic and very American. And then it ends with, buy our home appliances. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Buy our anything? goddamn washing machine. <laughs> I just wanted a and penny. God bowl. bless America. What is this? What the, the, uh, the other one was fucking a robot that just—it's uh, just an RC car, but it's a robot, you know. And that's the whole thing. And it's pretending like you know it's the fucking future, except it's 1970s. And it's mm-hmm. all like sleek design, responsive controls, Tobar. It's robot spelled backwards. <laughs> <laughs> that's their gimmick. Robot spelled backwards. That's all they have. <laughs> That was it. And I was watching out with my sister and she leaned mm-hmm. over to me and she was like, that was their whole campaign. They wrote tow bar. They wrote robot on a whiteboard and then put up a mirror up to it. And it's like, this is all we got. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's all they had. I don't, I don't know what, the, what they were selling, but it's like, hey, aren't, aren't we really clever? Robot? Tow bar? Huh? Uh, uh, so buy our stuff. Were, you, were any of you guys fans of Beast Wars? Oh, God. Fucking love Beast Wars, but the old commercials has the best. Um, okay, there's two things in them. One, Beast to Bot, the action's hot. <laughs> used a lot. From Beast to Bot, the action's three times as hot. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, that that was a common line. Beast and then bot. another thing. Yeah, Beast to Bot, the action's hot. Fuck that! I'm gonna Beast say that somewhere. Wars. I need to use that somewhere. <laughs> and then the other thing is that like a lot of the old school Transformers videos would have like the kids playing with the toys. And then at the very end, the kid would turn to the screen and then would have like the robot voice. Robots in disguise. You know, like oh, that I've type seen of thing. That. Oh, yeah. That, is, that was so scary. Creepy. They've done that for like the first iteration of Transformers. <laughs> so bad. That like that robot voice, they use the hell out of it for every Transformers iteration. Yeah. Uh, it's a Even good voice. No robots sounded like that in the actual show, I guess. Or no, they? no. No. Y'all just kinda no. sounded like dudes yelling through tubes. <laughs> yeah, they may have like some kind of distortion effect on all the, the robot voices. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then, like, Except for in Beast Wars. Wars. Were they just like regular dudes? Just like, hello, I am Beast War guy. Yeah, and they recasted um, a Peter Cullen, and they got a new voice for uh, Optimus Primal. Primal, yeah. <laughs> Great name. The best thing about Beast Wars though was Megatron. David Key, I think it was his name. Not not Goliath, but another guy. Um, he just randomly started going yes, and that started. That just became a recurring thing for the character. You can look at compilations where it's like yes, no, yes, <laughs> yes. They will not win. Yes, yeah. He's Ben's Megatron over, and he's like yes. I'm so stoked. Botcon is happening in Louisville, Kentucky this year, and that's my hometown, so I have a place to stay. My mom's place, yeah. but uh, and it's only like two hours away. But uh, they're gonna have Silverbolt's voice actor, which my favorite Transformer ever is Beast Wars Silverbolt, and Scott McNeil is going to be there, and I'm going to actually pay for someone's autograph. <laughs> I don't do that. Very often. Mom, can I stay over? There's a Transformer convention in town. Yes, yes, Dev. <laughs> of course, I just like the company. That's Go actually what she said. 
Go watch your transforms and your robots, your devil's cartoon. <laughs> no, Sorry. she always just does the, uh... Well, I guess that's what they're into these days. <laughs> oh, that's adorable. I was kind of <laughs> sad that uh, Transform the, the new Transformers cartoon is just dumped on, like, 7 a.m. on Cartoon Network. Have you actually watched it? I stay up so late that I... That I trend that I translate from Adult Swim to Cartoon Network, and that's when they just play a bunch of stuff nobody cares about. Mm-hmm. Like, Have you actually watched the new Robots in Disguise cartoon? I left it on in the background, and I thought the visuals are pretty fugly. I just the whole show's <laughs> fugly. That sounded that almost sounded like a compliment, and then it just turned into an insult. Oh, <laughs> like the visuals were pretty. Ugly. <laughs> from a from a like franchise perspective, it's actually like the coolest idea they've done in a while. Execution wise, it's awful. Basically, um, a like a, a ship full of Decepticons crash lands on Earth, and so um, Bubblebee, I guess, using Force Ghost, <laughs> Optimus Prime comes back to him as a ghost, being like, "Hey, you need to do this shit for me. I'm dead." And it's like, "All right, cool." Him and a couple other system. <laughs> <laughs> a couple others go to Earth uh, by mistake, and they're they're like hunting down, capturing the Decepticons. So like, it's a villain of a week type of thing. So that's exciting, and that works for toys. But then the toys literally did, don't have any Decepticons. They have like two. What? What's hmm. the point? What are they fighting? Uh, well, they're fighting Decepticons. They just don't have the toys out. You can only get the good guys. Um. So this I guess- is more like a lack in marketing then. Yeah, I mean, well, also the show's awful, like, writing-wise. But, like, wow. the idea behind it is really, really smart. Like, I I, I can't believe it's failing, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I guess, like, the, the movies are more popular than the show itself now. Yeah, I mean, the newer true. incarnations. I think the last one anybody ever really cared about was, uh, hmm. Well, the Prime Dar- and Animated were both really Dar- popular. Wyatt cartoon that most people really liked. From that, recent- that's the new standard, yeah, because that one had Jerry J. White as the art designer, and then it had a couple of the writers from Beast Wars, and that was a really good combination. Like, it was a little too jokey sometimes, at least in my personal taste, but, like, it had so much respect for all of Transformers, oh, yeah. and it had a decent story. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I know me and a lot of other people didn't give it a chance when it was on because the art style was so different from what came before. I just don't mm. like Derek J. Wyatt's art style. What period. the fuck? Yeah, what are, you, what are you trying to say, Nolan? Yeah, I, I don't like it. Good trying to say you don't like white people, dude? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you, 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 you always do this to me, Hayden. You always try to ter- turn this into a racially charged uh, dilemma, but... No. I don't do shit, man. It's always you walking around with your racism in your pocket. Listen, listen. I said nigga like Trump once heart. in the early episodes, okay? <laughs> Fuck off. Blame it on the Wyatt man. Yep. <laughs> Blame it on the Wyatt man. <laughs> Wyatt, you're fucking actually, things up. That was actually Sorry. a good one, Pan. Good job. I give yeah. you credit for that one. <laughs> Yay. Then uh, after Animated, they had Prime. And Prime was good. It was a CG show. It looked nice. Writing-wise, it was more dark than what we've seen. Yeah. Uh, and then they also gave Starscream some nice stilettos. <laughs> but uh, I think uh, Transformers uh, Prime on the Hub channel, like, the action scenes are, were directed really well since it was 3D CGI and they could uh, take advantage with the camera angles and such. Mm-hmm. But I didn't watch the actual show itself, so yeah. I did. I, I really liked it for the most yeah. part. But another thing that bugged me about um, Transformers Animated is like it 
I, I sometimes call it Transformers barely animated because uh, it, it looks so <laughs> choppy and just like a bunch of frames are missing. Well, especially in season three because I think their budget got cut. Oh. And so like they're like the frame rate drops below 12 frames per second. I think it like at some points it's like five or six. Jeez. It's nowhere near as bad as the original Ghostbusters cartoon, though. Oh. Like the the filmation Ghostbusters or like no, no, the uh, the real Ghostbusters. They um, d- during like the later seasons, there was like low budget things. There's like a point where like. I think uh, Ray walking downstairs was done like in four frames. <laughs> yeah, I think the worst is a uh, Hammerman, the MC Hammer cartoon. Like the entire series, well, the thirteen episodes that were made are just shot at like ten frames per second. Like they didn't give a shit. Well, uh, you know, ten frames per second is not as bad as you think. Okay, well, I don't know what a super shitty low. Uh, a low amount of frames, like a noticeably bad amount of frames, I guess. Like, because I, I was talking to Nolan earlier, because he was at, he was talking about like uh, frame rates and such, and like uh, I guess people don't know this, but obviously film is done at twenty four frames per second, right? Mm-hmm. And American cartoons are done uh, twelve frames per second on television. Obviously, movies they do twenty four frames or higher, but on in like uh, TV shows, it's very common for them to be twelve frames per second. Uh, every drawing is shown twice. You know, uh, it, but then I found out that most animes are animated nine frames per second because they save uh. on money. So like uh, every frame shown uh, like three times and then they change to the next one. American animation, they photograph it two times the frames with Japan. It's three frames. But I think that no, wait, it's the other way around. But mm-hmm. I don't think they do that anymore. I think that's that's for old. No, they, they definitely stepped up quality unless you're Toei. And uh, oh, <laughs> oh, fucking bomb, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were you were mentioning uh, uh, me and Stev were talking on Skype the other day, and I mentioned how I really liked One Piece, and he mentioned how he really didn't, and I said why, and you basically what 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 did you say exactly? To clarify, I love the manga, I love the comic, I read that weekly. It's the uh, the the actual show itself. Um, it's just really choppy and uh, it, like it's lazy. But Toei Animation, they like have a cash cow. It makes so much money. And they don't have to actually up the production value. There's no point because we were going to continue watching it regardless. Oh, uh, you're. Su- I, I'm just kind of surprised how you're like super cynical about like per- like professional animation and stuff. Just like, oh, you're okay, such an, you're such an upbeat guy, and then <laughs> listen, uh, a- all animation is garbage. Fuck animation. Listen, don't get a bad. studio job. All right. I, I had a studio job. <laughs> oh yeah, he bro, broken bird. Uh, no, no, that's here. what you're saying to other people. Like, hey, man, no. don't get a studio job. No, no, no. It just depends. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I, I guess my issue with a lot of like productions, it's on television. Like, obviously, Gravity Falls, Steven Universe, it's all like traditionally animated, where they ship it, ship it off to Korea. It's awesome, but like, yeah. it's it's usually the like Tomb Boom Flash animated shows that are done in America. That bother me like Netflix just released today or yesterday a uh, new show called F is for Family. Have you guys heard about this at all? Oh yeah, I actually no. heard it was actually really good. It's uh, it's 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 interesting. I, I after like watching all six episodes, I like it. But if you just watch the first one, I think you'd be like horribly turned off. Hmm. But like animation wise, it's just you could definitely tell that it's like produced in America, low budget. Um, every frame's reused, hands, there's, like, points where there's not even in-betweens for hands. 
uh, or uh, I even noticed like one of the characters' arms, the line doesn't connect all the way. Like they just they <laughs> oh. moved it too far. Oh, no. And I, it, but that's something normal people won't notice. But someone that's like animated would be like, oh, that need another pass. That's why I'm like I'm kind of worried because I started recently thinking about making my own stuff and maybe oh maybe I might make this animated someday and then hearing all these horror stories it's just like do I want to mm. but I I'm worried I might, my taste might be my I mean my standards might be too high for uh, what the uh, industry is well the, my point is I I'm not cynical about like web animation. Because usually it's like an independent person working on like on no budget. So like I, I think the quality can fluctuate there. I don't mind. You know, a lot of the techniques that I'm complaining about from a product like from t- TV productions are stuff that I use myself. You know, like uh, but I'm one guy and maybe that's just justifying it as me being lazy. But for the most part, when when there's like 20, 30 to 100 people working on a TV show, I expect a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the family is uh, the F is for family. It it starts out as like a generically fa- like uh, Family Guy oriented show where like it seems like it's gonna be random episodes, but then uh, plot points start actually overarching as the episodes go on, mm-hmm. and uh, ultimately it's a very bittersweet show. Mm-hmm. So kind of like Bo- BoJack Horseman in a way. Kind of. I, mean, I I like BoJack Horseman more. Oh. I mean, they're both um, successful. They're both uh, Netflix original series, and they both have overarching plots. So, I guess that's what Netflix is going to try doing. Yeah, I mean, because uh, Kulapari is the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think right now, out of all their stuff, it feels like they already have like a niche with the live action, and now they're just kind of like, all right, we're doing DreamWorks animation, we're doing these uh, Flash animated shows, or I think they're all made out of Flash. I think F the uh, F is for Family might be Toon Boom. Mm-hmm. But you can honestly nine times out of ten, especially how these production pipes work, you can't tell the difference between Toon Boom or Flash animated shows. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. they, they kind of like blend together. I mean, aren't they the mm-hmm. same like uh, principles of anime? Like the t- sort of the same tools. Yeah, I mean, like it's all puppeted where the characters are built, and then they add new pieces if they have to. Yeah, uh, and then um, they a lot of times use the pencil tool, which has no line weights, which. Really, it's it's a smart technique because uh, if you don't know how to use line weights, you could easily make a drawing look ugly. And mm-hmm. so, but uh, with so you basically lower the skill, uh, or you heighten the skill floor, uh, making everything look on par with stuff. But you also like pull people back that know how to use the greater technique, so it evens it out for better <laughs> and for worse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sorry if this is getting too technical. Oh, no. no, no, that's fine. Uh, I'm oh. sure, I'm sure a lot of people will find it fascinating since it's an animation-oriented podcast. But uh, I find it fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but, uh, <laughs> so sweet. Fair, <laughs> fair warning: uh, the fourth or fifth episode into the show, um, I'm, I, I guess spoiler uh, basically ends up with one of the kids underneath the bed as. <laughs> and, and like oh. I just remember like stopping everything I'm doing and just focusing. I'm like, oh, oh. wow. Uh, and and in the same episode, the kid, uh, or it might have been the episode before, but he goes into a uh, a ball game's bathroom for the first time by himself, and he sees dicks for the first time. Isn't that how everyone does it? 
and he's like traumatized. Like there's this awesome sequence, kind of like the uh, BoJack Horseman intro, where like it's it, the same camera, him in focus, but the background's moving. Ah, yeah. uh, mm. and it's just this like destroyed face. <laughs> <laughs> so the show's kind of fucked up <laughs> at the mm-hmm. same time. Yeah. Is this uh this is a Netflix show? You said yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. It I don't know why, but for out. half this conversation, I was under the impression this was a kid's show. No. No, 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 no. And then I just hear dicks, and I'm like, oh, kids can't see that. Oh, I mean, like, uh, it looks, uh, I mean, from the looks of it, I thought it was going to be, like, some six-episode-long Fox TV show that would that would be the next, like, um... Alan Gregory. Alan Gregory, the, the new generation of Alan Gregory. But, or the, the the Napoleon Dynamite cartoon. Yeah, I don't well, know the that Napoleon was Dynamite cartoon, if I'm going to be fair, is uh, it, that was just meant to be mid-season filler. Nobody actually expected that to be a full series. Okay. Yeah, they just were just like, we need something to fill up like this mid-season gap. Uh, also, you guys keep talking about how Sit Down, Shut Up is awful. I actually really want that on DVD. All right, I forgot that existed. There's an I, episode. I don't think I've ever commented on it. Yeah, I don't. I, 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 I actually think I, I was what, mentioning that once. It was it was on a podcast. It was yeah. on. I watched. But that's how we. That's how little it. we care about that show. <laughs> uh, there's an episode where, where on Will Arnett gets hit by a car, and the the principal's hiding him because they can't. They, the the school doesn't have health insurance, <laughs> and like it's been like months. He's stuck in that car, like in the windshield, and he starts thinking he's the car. Like he's like, I am now one with the vehicle. And uh, there's a part where like he picks up a hooker, and like they're making out, and she's like, I've never made out with a transformer before. <laughs> It's hilarious. The show is so good. And yeah. I don't understand why people hate it. Yeah, that actually know. does sound kind of funny. Well, the I mean, only it was just one of those shows where they advertised it so poorly, nobody gave it a chance. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean it's written by the same people who did Arrested Development. Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't oh, know. Like, true. a lot of Fox TV shows, they always advertise. Well, any sort of, like, adult-oriented TV show that isn't an adult swim, they're always like, hey, look how offensive we are. Like Brickleberry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I... As everybody knows from listening, I, I'm a very offensive, but that's just because I don't really care. I'm not actually trying to be funny. I'm just trying to be casual. But uh, fucking, I hate it when shows try to use offensiveness to like sell their show. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like if you're if you're just on like a podcast like this, or if you're just like in a Skype call, then be offensive. Whatever. Who gives a shit? You're just having fun. But like, if you're actually like doing something that has money behind it, actually try to be fucking creative. You hack. Yeah, yeah just, like there's no like advertise. I mean, there's no advertisements for this podcast at all. But there, like, there isn't an advertisement for a podcast like this where it's like, oh, but they all say like fuck and talk about Jews and shit, you know? Yeah, it's not a part of the marketing. It's just something that's there, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Don't, yeah when people rely on like offensiveness or like some kind of, uh, I, I can't think of the right word, but basically just some kind of uh, cliche. Yeah, cliche. I guess is or the closest thing. And or, like, or niche. Yeah. Like the one of the thing about Pan's videos, what he does reviews, is that you kind of have more of a like. How, how do I want to describe it? It's different from other reviews because usually it's like the angry review where it's like, oh no, now I have to review this thing because the demon inside the the, the movie came out. <laughs> That's now, like now every I'm review scared. ever. They always do. It's such a cliche at this point. It's so awful, but people are like, well, that, that was popular. Like for a while there after Angry Video Game Nerd, if it wasn't angry or ra- rageful, 
no one was going to watch it. You know, like that was that was the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that I'm, was that was sort of why uh, I. I mean, like, I, I kind of start, I make game reviews. I never, we never were formally introduced, sir, but I make game reviews. And uh, I, like, a lot of my game reviews, if not all of them, are always relatively positive mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I slightly hate it when a game review will just boil down to a guy ranting about absolutely nothing. And then at the end of it, it's like, uh, so this game was fucking horrible. And then you'll actually play the game and be like, no, it wasn't. It was just sort of bad sometimes. <laughs> you know, like, because people, People will get really angry at these games and then fucking and then they'll call it out for being like the worst thing ever. But it's not. It's just really not. And at the end of the day, it's a video game, too. Mm-hmm. So there's no reason to get so brutally upset. So, yeah. yeah. Or the fact that 90 percent of Internet reviews aren't actually reviews. They're not actually like looking at the pros and cons of said game or movie. It's usually yeah. more like skits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's well, in that case, it's like you're not watching the review. You're watching the show, you know, and uh-huh. they use video games as a method of, you know, doing comedy. Well, it's it's you. if I go, hey, I'm playing Mario, Mario pops up in the search. It's something relatable that you can click on. Uh, they're, they're more or less being like um, content parasites. I mean, I do the same thing. <laughs> I draw cartoon characters that aren't my own for my mm-hmm. YouTube channel. That gets people to come. No one's going to search, you know, Aquamarie or Steven Kaiju drawings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you fucking hack. Yeah, just... <laughs> I'm sorry. Just do what people are constantly searching up and someone will find you. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I mentioned this on uh, um, Hayden Dradex's uh, Thought Can, which I'm going to be on, by the way. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I also mentioned... Someday. Yeah, whenever that comes up. But um, I, we were talking about reviewers on there, too, and I... Um, there is also like, and I mentioned uh, nostalgia critic, but I also uh, mentioned how uh, I uh, I really hate it when they just do this like really really. Uh, it's always this kind of formula for when uh, he kind of like realizes something, and a lot of other people do this too. It's and that's and it's just a cliche. I hate myself, and I just want to mention, but uh, <laughs> it's when uh, they they start they're talking about how something's bad, and they just realize how some people don't get it. But then they like they they stop, and their voice changes, and then the music, this sappy music, starts playing. And they re- and they start going, and like maybe it's because it's something else. Maybe okay. it's because it's something that we just remembered as kids. Ooh. And, like, they just go on this long rant, and then they'll usually end it with a joke just to, like, soften the mood. I just mm-hmm. hate that. I just – I know I mentioned that on ThoughtCan, but I just needed to mention it again because I really I think, hate it. I think actually uh, the way that I could sort of like, – yeah, kind of bounce with that is I think <clears> – because <throat> I sort of did that with Spyro. I mean my opinion didn't change by the ending, but uh, uh, I sort of did that with my Spyro review. And I think what that was based around, or at least why I based – the analysis around is like you think about it like a TV show and then, or you think about it like an actual story. And so you think about a character, a, a like development of the story, mm-hmm. like character you arc. start. Yeah, I guess a character arc. I didn't want to. Yeah, I guess it's a character arc though, because you start one way and then by the end of it, your opinion changes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. if you wanted me to use a nostalgia critic example, uh, he did a review of the Grinch and throughout the whole review, he kept saying like, Oh, it's shit. It's awful. It's this. It's that. Blah blah blah. And by the end of it, he points out all these points about how it's terrible, and then it ends, and he's like, "There, I have proven my point." And no one's, 
no one's opinions changed at all. And so the story is essentially the same story as The Grinch, where his char- him as a character, he changes and nobody else changes. And that's the idea, is that uh, he didn't change anything at all. It was him, Nostalgia Critic, that had changed in mindset, essentially. Yeah, yeah but then at the end, he also, as, he also but, does yeah. the joke. But then he has the joke at the end. Yeah, no, I think that where it really dies with Nostalgia Critic is the fact that it's a little ham-fistedly executed... And he does it a lot. And it get, it's, gets to a point where it's like, can you have an ending that just ends differently? Yeah. <laughs> because you'll see the same story play out. And even though it was good once, it's going to be the same shit every time. And that's boring, you know? Yeah. Well, like, because I think a lot of reviewers early on, like newer reviewers or younger ones, they're like trying to make their own content. The fir- they, they see like, because uh, the moments that you love out of the angry reviews is usually like this game is awful blah 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 and they usually go on a rant but it's usually towards the end and so like i've seen a lot of people uh, a couple of my friends trying to do their own reviews and like they jump right into it they play their hand too soon mm-hmm. and if if you already know their opinion on that why watch the whole thing obviously because they're funny and they have a great personality and you want to watch it but from a, a natural first time you watch the video standpoint you have to kind of come into it with uh being neutral and presenting the stuff and then you coming to the conclusion that you hate it mm-hmm. or love it. And, and that's that is the natural narrative of like, you know, what you want um, versus I think, like, yeah, it's like you don't start so damn strong, you know, mm-hmm. well, I, actually a gym had a I keep using this example, but I, I which makes me wonder if it's starting to lose its original meaning. But I just love the way like Jim put this. It's um. It has to do with pacing, where, uh, like, in a story, you want to actually pace yourself, slow down, let something play out naturally, and then build to the more stronger parts of the story. Mm-hmm. You don't want to just constantly be pushing, like, and then this, and then this, and then this, and all this stuff. And he compared it to, like, having sex and including, like, foreplay. Whereas, you can't just immediately stick it in. Like, you need to kind of get into it. You need to take a moment to feel each other and all that stuff (laughs) and actually like get into it, I think is more so what I'm getting at here. You actually have to get into whatever, whatever narrative you're trying to pull here. Cause if you're making a skit for your like show, cause it's, if it's not a review, then it's a skit. So treat it like a skit, like a show and Mm -hmm. understand that you're gonna, that the story needs to progress with good pacing or else people are just going to be like, okay, yeah, whatever. Because the Angry Video Game Nerd was cool for his time because nobody saw a game reviewer like him who had, at the time, a really good production value. Nowadays, it looks kind of, but at the time, he was a game reviewer that had a production value and had a charm to him. And his anger felt more warranted and more cartoony. You could look around it. Nowadays, if you're just angry... It's it's not enough. There needs to be more to it, which it's is why like, I like ending this argument, coming back to suck Pan's dick. That's why I liked Pan, because he had uh, uh, his appeal was less so in like angry reviews and stuff like that, uh, because uh, he had an art style to his reviews. And I looked at that and I was like, wow, that actually is it's a character in and of itself, something you can latch onto and be like, that's what I like and I can get behind this. Also, you're a goofy son of a bitch, and that's funny. So That's me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gary I, Goof. Pan's jokes don't always connect with me, but I can appreciate the more dry <laughs> humor. 
Like mm-hmm. it's not it's not like the only time I was ever like, OK, Pan, you need to stop was the breadwinner's angry view. But then that was just a variant. So like it was just there. Yeah. And I, I don't think but the good I don't thing think is Viacom took that down. Yeah. I should no. upload that. It's uploaded somewhere. Oh, yeah. yeah it's in your playlist. But I should upload it on my own channel so I get money. <laughs> Actually, you could uh, it, upload it, but then unlist it because there, there's already has all the ad rev, like not re- like they already have the uh, analytics to it. Mm-hmm. You could just uh, put content ID, uh, your audio, and then all their the, the, what, they'll put ads in front of their video, and you would make the money. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, it's a fun fact: a lot of the bigger YouTubers make like fifty percent of their income from uh, people re-uploading their content and then having content ID. Oh, that's heck? that's fucking yeah. savage. Yeah. This, I mean, I mean, it's people re-uploading their content and potentially stealing their ad revenue. <laughs> no, I know, I know, but still, that's pretty. That's pretty sick. I, I, I know, I dude. Like, actually, Nolan, hearkening back to when we were talking about reactionists on ThoughtCan, oh, fucking, yeah. they should do that. Yeah, because, like, yeah, reactionists will always steal other people's videos. So just content ID your review, and bam, money yeah. off of his. Uh, of their stolen work. Let me, let me let me talk about why I hate reactionists. Like um a reaction video is basically someone just sitting there and they play the video right in the corner of the video screen while you see them and pretty much all they do is just like stare at the video and maybe they'll laugh or say what the heck or that's about it. And what the hell? Well, the popular ones overreact. Yeah, and maybe mm-hmm. they'll com- they'll start actually commenting at the very end once they played the entire video. But like, let's say, I mean, some of these reaction videos have like th- millions of followers, and it's like, I mean, they say that they're helping people get exposure, but oftentimes, one, they're they're doing videos that are already super popular too. If it's a lesser popular video, um, what reason does the fans of the reactionists have to go to that one video when they already saw the whole thing? Like they're taking away their views. Yeah, especially I mean, with animators. A... Oh my god, with animators, that's fucking brutal because they take so long making wait, 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 an animation. Wait, 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 wait. Are you guys saying there's reaction videos to YouTube videos? Yeah. Yes. Oh, because like I've only seen it for like TV shows where people are like people are only watching, you know, Steven Universe reacts because that's the easiest and cheapest way for them to um, especially younger kids who don't know how to, you know, search, watch cartoons online or torrent. It's a way for them to watch the show because besides, like you said, except for like a laugh or a comment here and there, it's a really easy way to like block out the other stuff around the, the video and just concentrate on that small corner. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, from a torrenting perspective, it makes a lot of sense. But uh, besides stealing, no, no, yeah, they actually do this with uh, just YouTubers. Like, they'll take a PewDiePie video or a Markiplier video and just be like, oh, man, so, hey, my niggas, I saw this crazy guy out there, and we're going to watch his video. And then they just watch the entirety of the video and say nothing. And then they make a million dollars. It's great. It's good. It's a good time. Yeah. That brings up a really interesting thing that I always want to talk about people, but I never found anyone that gave a shit about YouTube enough to, to have the conversation. Um, YouTube's an interesting platform because you can make a career out of being a fan of something. Yay. <laughs> 
Yeah. And, and what I mean by that is like you have these Pokemon channels, like the decks where it's literally them just talking about Pokemon. It's not their trademark and, it, you know, it's it's not them creating anything new. They're literally just going and collecting information about a Pokemon and relaying that information to you. And it, in a way, they're, they're like they're almost um, leeching off of another franchise. And uh and YouTube allows you to be, you know, like Pan, you're talking about cartoons. Oh, yeah. I draw people's cartoons. Um, YouTube isn't a lot, isn't about original content. It never has been. How dare you? <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> you say about my videos? This whole... I, I just, I compared us together, Pan. <laughs> I like oh, how this so is ending with like, you're a ripoff, Pan. You're, you're sucking, you're leeching off other people. If you're going down, I'm taking you with me. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, um, but I don't know, like th those people who just, who um, look up information about Pokemon. At least that takes effort since they're narrating and doing research of all these other Pokemon games and stuff. Oh, Seven uh, facts about Pokemon. I'm not saying I'm not saying the production values or anything like that. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that a lot of these people, especially Let's Play, I mean, they literally are making content out of someone else's product, a video yeah. game. But, but Let's Players, like, they actually commentate. They're not just staring and it's like, ha <laughs> What the heck? No, no. Again, again, I'm not. I'm not saying anything oh, yeah. against those. To clarify before I get like a, a, a rageful. Oh yeah, I know, I know. But but I'm just like adding to what you're saying. Just like yeah, at least let's players actually do something instead of a um, reactionist. But yeah. reactionist might be the like ultimate like evolution of YouTube content of leeches. <laughs> I mean, okay, if you want to be a reactionist, like, why don't just talk about the video and maybe show a, a few clips here and there, but don't just play the entire thing of a YouTube, of another person's work. Because what reason does it, why, why would anyone want to search the video again if they already saw it on your little... No, I agree the thing with you. That's, I, I, I think it's ahead. what it is, is it's exactly what you're saying, dude. Uh, step... What is your name again, Stev? It's Stev, yeah. I never, yeah, we never properly, like, introduced <laughs> each other. Okay, you're Stev. All right, sweet. Hello. Yeah, I'm Stev. I make art videos, and I'm uh, jumping into review-oriented stuff mm -hmm, in January. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, so, okay, Stev. Um, yeah, like you were saying before, it is like YouTube. I think it's like, here, like, I think how it breaks down is like this. We first started with kind of the... Uh, like angry video game nerd again, uh, he made these move. He made sketch a sketch show where he happened to talk about video games, and then we had let's players. These are people who sit down and they play the video game almost to its entirety while they commentate over it. No longer is it a sketch anymore. Now we're just playing a video game and we talk about the video game as we're playing it real time. Yeah. Now we got dudes sitting in a goddamn room, just like watching somebody else play a video game they're not even playing the video game anymore they're watching somebody else play it the next thing is just going to be there's no video at all it's just going to be audio of a man watching someone else play a video game <laughs> and that then after like that an there'll be no audio i think that'll be an andy warhol uh, video <laughs> i i almost made a cartoon i never actually like went through with it it was called the evolution of let's play and it was going to start out with a um, a little kid. I was going to make it a girl uh, and her older brother playing a video game and her being unable to beat a certain part. And then she hands the control over to a brother who beats it. And then uh, it then I was going to it would be in the future where she's now slightly older and she can't beat a part and she looks up um, like game facts. And then the next version would be her watching a YouTube video 
And then finally, it would be her no longer playing the game, but watching someone else. And then the future was going to be her wearing virtual reality helmet and undressing Markiplier in a virtual world. What the fuck? <laughs> Perfect. Why didn't you do that? I don't. I don't know. I. I, I... <laughs> Go ahead. I just said had to end with a dirty joke about Markiplier. I love it. <laughs> it's just uh, I, I get cold feet when I like because animation takes a long time and like by the time I get done storyboarding I'm like this is no longer funny. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. that, that's <laughs> the that's awesome, problem with every review. You get used to that. Not you review. Know? I'm talking about actually animating <clears throat> a review and an animation. Like you, you just gotta you know. I've been making this Undertale John Mulaney fucking uh, thing for a couple months now, and I'm almost positive by the time I finally have it out, Undertale will no longer be relevant. Oh. But if for nothing else, I know, God forbid, but um, if for nothing else, I can put this animation on like a portfolio, like if I give myself any greater reason, which yeah. only gives me a greater reason to make it good. By the actually, wait, this is actually topical. Uh, so, Pan, you know, I made an animation of uh, a silly thing that you said a very long time ago. And then I decided to uh, apply for a college. Mm hmm. <laughs> And the college, uh, specifically, it was a bachelor's degree in applied design, and uh, that was minorly connected to animation. So I decided, hey, why don't I show them some of the animations that I have? At the time, though, I didn't have things like uh, the animated GIF of uh, Jim or anything really super good-looking like nowadays. Nowadays, I'm a little bit more organized. So at the time, all I had was that fucking animation <laughs> where you're clutching <laughs> J.G. Quintel and saying you'll suck his oh, dick. Oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> I wasn't accepted. Oh. So uh, they so didn't what, tell me so it was Hayden's because of the animation, though. They didn't even tell me why I wasn't accepted. So fucking, I don't know, maybe maybe that wasn't it. But uh, well. I blame you. <laughs> yeah, what he's trying to say is it's all your fault. Man. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah that, that's the end game. All right. Of all the things he's chosen to animate. <laughs> That was the dumbest, like, night ever. I was so tired. It was 4 a.m. and I was just fucking through a bunch of videos. And then one of them was just that rant. It made me laugh for too long that I finally was like, I haven't animated anything before. I'll animate that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. The, in the comic book Adventure Time review at the very end where it said, come on, I want to draw a cover for the regular show comic book. I'll suck your dick, please. <laughs> Come on, guys. And that's uh, what you it's... fucking show to a college mm. application. That's... Oh, and also in my portfolio was, uh, I had a lot of like, you know, pretty decent drawings. Some were pretty meh, and I will never put them in portfolio again. One of which is I made an, also a sketch of Pan uh, with no pants on, holding panties and being arrested by the police. Why would you put that in there? I had very little in my portfolio Ooh. at the time. How <laughs> little? That, that was like, that's ethical. That on top of that, uh, on top of that, I didn't think it was that bad. Ew. I don't know why I didn't think it was that bad, but. Uh. That that reminds me of when I uh, put my fan art in my portfolio because I didn't have anything either. That's all I drew at the time. And I was like, you know what? I, I can still get in. Mm. I mean, it was fucking fucking Rebecca Sugar drawing Ed and Nettie porno. Oh, yeah. So fucking, yeah, I shouldn't feel guilt entirely. Okay. There's nothing wrong with drawing fan art. Uh, like that doesn't like because when you get hired on to a TV show or something, they're looking for your ability to draw, you know, 
and uh, that's fine. That 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 illustrates what you're drawing and other art styles. Mm-hmm. But like uh, the the issue is that you have to be very selective about what the content is, not of what it. <laughs> you, like you know, obviously, if you if you draw nothing but dicks, they're probably gonna be like, mm, uh, they'll probably first off keep that portfolio, <laughs> and then uh, like bring it up every because they do every like terrible demo reel or portfolio they get. There's a special folder for it, and there is times where they'll get drunk, and they are going to look through them. What? Oh, yeah, oh. it happened. Oh, that sounds fucking amazing. Wow. Uh, what a bunch of assholes. Oh, my God. <laughs> this reminds me, like, uh, when I went to Frederator in New York, like, we were talking about my channel, and they were just they were just thinking, like, huh, what are the first things that come up when we look up Rebel Taxi and... They just see my art and stuff, but they saw someone's fan art of like Wave Bird and her ass exposed, bent over and stuff. And they say, oh, Is this yours? And I was like, No. <laughs> you bet. <laughs> we can put that on a Rebel Taxi poster. Oh, man. That was, that was somewhat awkward. <laughs> oh, they didn't do it to make fun of me. Well, they did it mainly to make fun of me. They didn't, it was not like a, a serious thing. Like how they went out of their way to make fun of you at this yeah. meeting. Look at this fucking loser. Fucking pizza Drop. shit. You pizza shit. I had a, because uh, I, I, t- I also teach, by the way. Like, um... Mm-hmm. Because obviously doing internet animation is not the most profitable thing, for, especially for YouTubers. They don't like paying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, Ain't making no money doing it for myself, you hear? So I, uh, shout out to Gerard the Completionist. He is the first person I've talked to that like went above and beyond what he wants. Like, I'm like, you do realize you're not going to make this money back. <laughs> not, not with how YouTube works. He goes, I know, man. I just wanted to be good. He invested a lot in it, or yeah, yeah. He, like he, um, he, he's the first person to actually pay me like uh, standard wage for animation for Whoa. for a YouTube video, which is pretty how impressive. Would, how much would standard wage be? I mean, I know it kind of um, depends on how long you worked on it, but uh, generally, I, I I've heard the rule of thumb is like um, you can uh, for flash animation before we had all these kids on new grounds that like don't know anything so, uh, well you, like the problem with animation right now is that like i could go hey i can give you this quality animation but i want a thousand per minute which is roughly a thousand to two thousand is what it was like 10 years ago mm. um and that and that's <laughs> shitty flash animation from like the old school web you know yeah mm. uh but now we have so many like kids who don't know what to charge. They'll be like, "Well, I could pay you a thousand for a minute, but there's also another guy I could pay. He's offering me three hundred for a minute, and then the, 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 there's also like another guy offering even less. And it's mm. like that's cool. You get what you pay for. Sometimes, sometimes you get a really good quality because people are just really don't know what they're worth. So that's the hardest part about free, freelance animation at the moment is that. You, it's so easy to get undercut that it's really easy to, to accept doing a lot of work for very little. Damn. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Animation sounds really fucking unforgiving. Uh, <laughs> oh, it is. It is. I mean, to be, also to clarify, um, Yo Mama also pays me really well, too. Mm-hmm. Like, for, for like, cause I'm only doing like roughly 20 seconds worth of animation per video or so. And a lot of it's like, you know, tweened or. You reusing assets so like what they pay me is really really generous so i appreciate them just shout out to them oh there was someone in the comments last time i was on here said you animate for your mama your pa- opinions are invalid oh oh i love those comments hey buddy 
I, like, first I off... I no longer have respect for you. <sighs> first off, whoever that was, what TV show are you animating for? Damn straight. Oh. And second of all, I've also animated for a Netflix series, uh, a Grammy-nominated band, a bunch of other stuff. So just because you don't like one show that I worked on, I don't understand how you think people are supposed to be so fucking perfect. <laughs> yeah. well, it's uh, so like you work for I, what works, you know? It's yeah. like you just pick up whatever job is offering and paying well, and then, you know. I just love how people are fucking like, oh, you, you did this? You're trying to make a fucking living? What the fuck, bro? God, it's almost mm-hmm. like you can't get, like, really good jobs right off the fucking bat. <laughs> like, and if it isn't obvious by now, animation is a very unforgiving job to work freelance-wise. So getting a studio job, even if it might be short-term, is pretty smart. Yeah. No, I mean, like, huh. I've been working with your mama for three years, you know. I've had, mm-hmm. the, like, and uh, I'm basically on salary, you know, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. You know, there's there's some weeks where I don't I, I, I get nothing to do because they, they just don't have it. But I but they keep me on board. And there's some weeks it sucks where they give me way too much work and I'm drowning in it. But that makes up for the times that I don't have anything. You know, it's a give or take. But to know that I'm going to get so much money every month <laughs> doing animation of all things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, okay. Sure. Maybe the fact that I just animated a an over nine thousand joke. Yeah, it kills my soul a little bit. <laughs> but I also get to eat. <laughs> there is a. There does come a point where it's like you know, like you're not being a stripper or anything like that. It's not like the worst job in the world. It's stupid. Hey, hey, some it's times to be like, yeah. what's wrong with a stripper job? Yeah. Yeah. Look, Pan. Let's appreciate. And all right, I'm yeah. not shaming Nolan here for his career choice. What all right, the fuck? <laughs> I do, I do. But it's I like, out of all things, to animate for like a dorky cartoon, that's like, yeah, that's not as bad as you really would think it'd be. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey. I, do, I do draw um, loot stuff for as my side job. So uh, mm-hmm. my regular job is just being a fast food worker. I won't say where because I don't, I don't want to get doxxed, but. Uh, <laughs> Or, or risk that at any rate, but um, yeah, um, I I'm very much a take what I can get type person too. So I'm I usually am very, uh, I can't think I don't is it judicious? I, judicious? I don't fucking know. But uh, I, I don't think Jewish for uh the work they have to do to make a living. Unless it's like I'm a hitman, then I'm like okay, buddy, uh, <laughs> might want to think that over. Well, also like put in perspective this. Thanks to working with Yo Mama's crew. At, well, first off, I learned how to animate through anime, you know, like mm-hmm. even that's the lowest brow of comedy and it, it's nothing to really write home about. At least all my terrible animation that I started out with wasn't on my own channel. Oh. <laughs> but, 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 number, but the second thing is working with uh, a team, you know, I work with Red Minus and, uh, you know, there, there's voice actor stuff. I have a pipeline which conditioned me to work on a studio project, you know, like, uh, yeah, okay, me, Optimus Prime transforming with someone in, in blood, you know, wiping off the windshield wipers of the, the chest, you know, yeah, okay, maybe not the best thing to put in your demo reel, but it was paid work that got on my demo reel that got me the job working on a Netflix show that has like Mark Hamill and David Keith voice yeah, networking, you know? basically. Yeah, networking like, is yeah, super important. 
So, uh, yeah, sure, let's talk shit about your mama and how awful it is, but it's opened up possibilities. Are you sure you want to just, like, mm-hmm. say that, say all this on, like, no. the podcast? No, I, I, they know I don't mind. They know, like, uh, they know my feelings towards it. it oh. It's like this, uh, uh, Rice Pirate. You familiar with him? No. Yep. Of course. He does a lot of voices in uh, anime. He did a lot of voices in Yo Mama. He's a p- professional voice actor. Like, he actually had voices in Yu-Gi-Oh! Mm-hmm. And, Whoa. Um, Whoa. I did not know this. Yeah, yeah, uh, I believe that was him. But anyways, my point was he made a statement because like a lot, some of the other animators are like, oh, you, you, you're, you know, people are like, oh, you work on your mama, that's awful. But it's like, yeah, but my friends don't like the show, but they understand that I'm getting paid for it and it's a job. Mm-hmm. Like they respect that I'm, I'm, I'm making money. They don't, they might not respect the content, but it, it's, it's one of those things where you do it and then you just don't expect people to like it. You know, it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's you're not the target demographic. <laughs> and that's okay. You can have TV shows for people who aren't you. And and now by the end of this, I finally decided to look up what Yo Mama is. Yes, I have seen this show before. Okay. Yay. And is is this made by the same uh or at least conceived by the same team that made Anime? Yeah. Or yeah, okay. Same. Because it totally looks like the same thing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So, and was Animeme conceived by Red Minus? Because that just looks like Red Minus. No, no, okay, okay. So, like, a lot of people have the misconception that the animator is the... Like, I have people coming to my channel being like, bring back Animeme or, <laughs> or something. And I'm just like, I, I'm, I'm just a paid contractor. Like, <laughs> it, 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 there's people with money. They want to make more money by creating shows that will be watched by people. And then they pay me the money to make the content and they do make the decisions, you know? That mm. that's the relationship. Go talk to Alex and Zach if you want more Hanabim. Mm. <laughs> but I have no control. And so like a lot of people like they think Yo Mama is it like while Red Minus designed is the art director and all that for Yo Mama, you know, it's it wasn't his baby. It was work together. It was brainchild between two people. And then we get the uh, fun little thing where, like, they get to be in articles and such about how they created all this stuff. And then they might remember to mention my name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was one time uh, I, was, I worked on Christmas for them because uh, one of the animators turned in something. I remember the story. It, it, oh, I think I already told it on the podcast. Never mind. No, no, you told me privately. Oh, oh and, and so what happened was I worked with them, reanimated a scene during christmas you know christmas eve to christmas and i'm like oh, okay that's good all right we got it done and you know he, he sang me praises in private but then like he was on a live stream the next day one of the creators and he was talking about was like oh so you were working on christmas yeah gotta get these uh videos done and i was like w- did you do it by yourself oh yeah <laughs> and i was like oh yeah I, I just wanted that little that little like oh yeah me and stuff yeah. <laughs> no one would have looked me up. No one would have cared. But just that little. <laughs> I, I totally understand how you feel. Oh. <laughs> one shot, one opportunity. Oh. <laughs> so, you all want to get into the questions? I don't want a lot for Christmas. There is just one thing I need. I don't care about the presents underneath the Christmas tree. I just want you for my own more than you could ever know. Make my wish come true. All I want for Christmas. 
Christmas is you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Questions. If anybody has a question, be sure to start out with the word question so it's easier to find. So the first question is from the Chill Yoshi 64. Question. What was the cringiest line ever in a school assembly that you attended? Mine was during an anti-bullying assembly where the superintendent said that her son was bullied for what she described him as a combination of Leonard and Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory. Most of us in the assembly exclaimed fucker deserved it oh anyway Uh, well i got like (laughs) i i have one okay go for it it's not an assembly but uh my friend came up to me and said this was like the funniest shit ever but i thought it was really tragic this guy got uh uh apparently he got some shit talked to him because he had tourette's and so he thought that he would go into school and maybe this is going to be more sad and not so funny. But anyways, he goes into school and he starts like uh, he asks the teacher, hey, can I explain what Tourette's is? And then he basically tells everyone like his whole deal. He's got Tourette's. And then he's like, yeah, yeah, this and that. And yeah, so that's my problem. You know, I'm not an asshole. I just have Tourette's. And then some kid stands up in classroom and is like, I don't hate you because you have Tourette's. I hate you because you're an asshole. Oh, it's like, oh, I bought your Colgate toothpaste. The one with tartar control. And it made me feel like a piece of shit. But then he went on to get get like a bachelor's in business. and I recently went to an event. And there's a guy, uh, speaking of cringy and both that kind of area, there was a guy that like isn't self-aware. There's obviously something a little off about him. And uh, he's kind of really loud, and if you're trying to, like, he'll play YouTube videos really loud while you guys are interacting. It's like an artist meetup. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and like, he'll just interrupt you while you're talking to someone else. And uh, so, like, he's already kind of, like, grinding my gears. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then he, like, came to me, and he hits me on the stomach. He, you know, like, bump, bump, and he goes, so, uh, do you exercise? <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I'm just like... No. What? Oh, well, that explains a lot. What the fuck? <laughs> what a pun. I just dropped what I was holding and walked away. Because, <laughs> like, like I said, there's definitely something, like, uh, everyone's like, just just leave him alone, man. He's, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't work on the same, you know, wavelength as the rest of us. And, like, I, I don't know what to do in that situation. Like, I want to tear him apart, but... That'd be culturally insensitive, you know. He just yeah. insulted me. Culturally insensitive, it, like uh, PC, like t- Tumblr, like y- you can't, you, you know. Like I would be crucified. <laughs> I, I, I would, I would have to move to another city. But if you cr- crucified, you'd be dying for our sins, <laughs> literally. I, I do like I know what you meant by that, but that was the funniest description of political correctness. It's like you know, PC, <laughs> Tumblr, can't. Be kicked out of the country. You know what I'm talking about. Tumblr. PC. <laughs> yeah, Girls online. Like, they're insulted. You know, cis scum. Tumblr. PC. And, and like, I guess in his mind, he thought that was an appropriate thing to say. And like he apologized afterwards after the group kind of scolded him and was just like, hey, man, you can't you can't just walk up to someone and <laughs> fucking insult their weight. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I hope. Oh, 
This reminds me, uh, my friend in like the first year of college had a <laughs> had this really awkward encounter. I don't know if I told this already, but like something. <laughs> I don't know. He was just sitting in like the student union and in like some table, and some other guy comes up to him and they starts making awkward conversation. And he, my friend wasn't really into it right now. And eventually, that random stranger just puts his own well, random stranger puts his own hand on my friend's belly, and he says, "I like your belly." <laughs> and <laughs> and my friend just walked away awkwardly. Just didn't know what to do. Just walked away. I like your belly. <laughs> that is that is just breaking. It's like, what the fuck do you say? Okay, I taught myself I taught myself on cringiest thing that that rem- made me remember there was a student before who uh, had a pregnancy fetish. What? Great. I love the story already. Great stuff. And would look up the st- – like he wouldn't go to like actual porn sites because they were blocked. But he would go up to like DeviantArt and look at some of the fetish photography with pregnant women at school. <laughs> and so like it became really well known that he was into this. And like uh, I just remember like one of the, the people that was pregnant during like this time there was like, oh, God. That's why I wanted to touch my stomach. <laughs> like <laughs> – it's like it's like the ending to, to fucking uh, what is it? Natural uh, uh, the usual suspect, where fucking you drop the coffee cup and you're like, oh my god, I figured it out. <laughs> I cracked the it just code. Zooms into his ear and like does the Jimmy Neutron brain blast. <laughs> brain blast. <laughs> and then Jesus. when it zooms back out, all he does is he clutches his stomach. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh god, okay, got her. So- <laughs> he liked my tummy. No, but uh, I, I got this isn't exactly cringy. It was just really confusing as a child. Um, one time there was this irritating kid. I can't even remember his name. I think it was like Steven or something awful what? like that. Fuck you, Steven. But this guy walked up and like he was always kind of annoying. He was a little weird. Like he would steal the ball when we were playing soccer. And by that, I mean, he would run onto the sand field and steal the ball and then run somewhere else. <laughs> And one time he walked up to me and he was like, hey, hey, Hayden, how you doing? And I'm like, I'm fine, I guess. I'm fine. How are you? And we were elementary kids, you know, second grade. And he said, like, hey, Hayden, look up there. And I just look up and then he just punches me in the dick. (laughs) And just runs away. Yeah. It was so basic. It's just like, <laughs> hey, look up. And like an idiot, I look up and then he punches me in the dick. It's like, well, what? <laughs> I guess what did I think would happen? I don't know. <laughs> of course, you're the one fucking laughing at this man. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. sounds like something you would fucking do to somebody. <laughs> I guess. Well, I wouldn't hurt someone. I don't know. They could sue me or something. Yeah. <laughs> now, I love how you say I wouldn't hurt anybody and the first thing you jump to is they could sue me. Yeah. Well <laughs> that's, that's your primary concern. That's, you know. that's the only reason, you know, I might go to jail for a little bit. Let me guess. You're gonna pound my face, break every bone in my body, then you're gonna drag me across the gravel road and feed my remains to a warthog. Is that about right? What are you nuts? This is the nineties. 
We're gonna sue you. But any other cringe stories? No, this one isn't. This one won't top any of the ones that have been listed here. But I just feel like it has. It it, it just kind of is ominous to me. So I'm gonna mention it. Um, there was this girl who who was friends with my friends, and I mean, I was um, and she was uh, also kind of a. Uh, she had uh, mental afflictions, I guess, and it was. Just, I was just like, okay, I mean, I, I can tolerate it, whatever. And then uh, one day, she's just kind of like staring at me while um, I'm talking with my friends, and I'm like, is something wrong? And she just goes, I worry about you. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. I feel the same way, lady. I worry about you, too. No, yeah, yeah, that's the thing, though. It's just like knowing me now, I'm like, wow, I kind of understand. Oh, oh, oh. <clears throat> I laughed way too hard about that. I apologize. But just, no, sir. <laughs> well, it, it's great because, like, I've seen TV shows do it where it's like, oh, man, that guy's fucked up. And then, like, the guy, like, from their perspective, you're the one that's the weirdo. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. Oh, yeah. Hmm. So on to the next question. Let's see. Uh, okay, here's an animation question. Slim Pony Ranger. Question. Why are most cartoon characters depicted to only have four fingers? Is, there's there's some reason, but I don't remember what it was. Well, the, the, the reason I wanted to bring this up is I noticed, like, a lot of cartoons, like, on Cartoon Network now are just have characters with five fingers. Like, I don't know when five fingers started becoming trendy with cartoons. Um, I'm not really sure. I think the four finger thing happened because it was just like easier to proportion the fingers. Yeah. I mean, it was, and nice it was like aesthetically. Yeah. Like it was aesthetically pleasing. And then somewhere between like 1990s and now that someone's like, fuck that anatomy. Yeah. I don't know why <laughs> five fingers is now a thing on Cartoon Network. Like I think the earliest show that I remember from Cartoon Network having five fingers was kids next door since, if you notice in the intro, they, they always had to show their numbers with their hands. So obviously they needed five fingers. And that was the only reason why. <laughs> but <laughs> Why they got reason. enormous fucking hands. And enormous fucking feet. They were like Sonic characters. I remember I got a, uh, uh, for Christmas, I think the best Christmas of my childhood, I got a collection of like all the kids next door, uh, all the main cast at least. And I the first thing that caught my eye is they had big fucking feet because I... I remembered picking them up and they were really heavy <laughs> and I was like why are they so heavy and I just noticed the feet and the hands were both super filled like it wasn't a hollow doll or anything so the hands and feet were super heavy oh yeah. wow right. so kids next door one thing that like I just went <gasps> like it connected to me was Pepper Ant and Kids Next Door almost have, like, the same art style. Oh, yeah. That's because Tom Warburton worked on both of them. Yeah. Uh, Now I realize that. But, like, uh, before it was like, (gasps) they both have, like, the same, like, way that they uh, have, like, clothing hang off the stomachs. Mm Mm-hmm. Is it (laughs) identical? (laughs) I mean, the creator of Kids Next Door, he works as a character designer on uh, Pepper Ant. He didn't create Pepper Ant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know why Five Fingers is now a thing. Like, even a simplistic-looking show like Clarence or uh, uh, Teen Titans Go, they have five fingers. Like, I, think I actually wonder, how how much does, like, a character designer get paid? Does he just design the characters and then he's just paid for that one commission job and then he goes off to work on something else? Or... Hmm. Um, I'm sure they stick well, around for other... I mean, I guess... 
characters. I, I guess I ask because, like, you know, it's obvious that, like, animators get paid consistently because they work on each episode, but a character designer would only design the characters and then yeah. other and people then, would just mimic that design. Kind of. I mean, like, I think usually, um, I, for the most part, I think, like, art director is probably an actual title. And then if it's a show that has a lot of characters like Young Justice or um, like Teen Titans Go, you could easily have episode without new characters, but you could also have episode with a lot of new characters versus like Young Justice where there is at least 100 characters background, you know, added each time. So um, oh, I think it's yeah. – so it, I think it really depends on the show. And what their budget is. They might freelance all of it. They might have people on board the entire time. Um, if it's a smaller studio or smaller like group of people on it, it might be um, like, you know, five people and they have multiple roles. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but on, additionally, a lot of times mm. character designers is like skipped out per se. Like board driven shows sometimes have – uh, the the board artist is the one that creates the character, and mm-hmm. then they then they also have someone to clean up those characters. So like the um, prop designer slash character designer would like clean up those and create the model sheets for the the Korean studios. Oh. I know that when I was going to work on Wabbit, which I didn't get a chance to, I, it was a weekend gig for one episode mm-hmm. for one prop from different angles. Yeah. Okay, so that's how it works. Like they kind of storyboard it and then there's the rough character and then they clean it up with a model sheet and then send it over to the animators. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fascinating. I, I, I kind of, that's kind of been on the back of my mind for a long time. Like I, I haven't thought about it, but I was like, how do they do that? And now I know. So that's really And cool. I guess one thing I definitely didn't consider is backgrounds need like background characters, especially for things like Young Justice where they're like, in cities and stuff. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, think about how many background characters there are in a in a show. Like, someone has to design all that. Yeah, I mean, someone somewhere drew those background characters at some point. I guess I, yeah. I guess I sort of just assumed it was a storyboard artist who just drew up something oh. based on the already made art style. I mean, every little object you see, like a character picking up or something, that has to be designed. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but I think animation, to, like when you oh, go ahead. when you kind of take a step back on animation, so involved. Yeah, it's like if the background's moving, who drew that? Because yeah. that was a person that had to spend probably several hours, if not maybe a couple days, animating some background movement that was so small you almost could have missed it. Mm-hmm. Jeez, yeah, there's a lot. But I think about uh, the CG animated cartoons, like uh, let's say um, the new. 2012 Ninja Turtles cartoon series like uh, you always you notice like the city is always desolate and it's always at night oh, I'm glad you brought that up because that, as soon as you said the show I was like that I'm bringing that up that, that needs to be <laughs> talked about having to design everything in 3D that takes a lot of time so that's why you see so so few people or hardly any cars in the background of, of that show but the problem with that though is that 3D shows it's like because not uh, like 2D shows uh, you could have the same shot and there wouldn't be any background characters in it either a lot of times, mm-hmm. um, especially like the old Ninja Turtles, like if you compare them. But the old Ninja Turtles doesn't seem as hollow and it might be the fact that there's not that extra 3D space yeah. that really shows that mm-hmm. it's uh, it's empty. Mm-hmm. 
at least that's my theory on it. But I noticed a, mm. that that's the biggest problem with CG shows is that they never populate the background. It's always like bare wasteland of nothingness. Mm. That was one of my problems that I had with uh, Sonic Boom. The show was there was a lot of times where I mean, Sonic Boom, I think, does a bit of a better job and they have an excuse because they build like forests and stuff. Mm. But I feel like sometimes in the backgrounds to Sonic Boom, it does also definitely feel very desolate very empty and like i just wish there was just a little more like uh a density to it yeah well i mean it's you know, more excusable yeah. there since they're on an island in forest yeah 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 yeah. it was just something that caught my eye when i uh was first getting into the show yeah hmm. yeah what like i don't know that always uh bugs me about a lot of video games now like i mean <laughs> You know the new uh, Final Fantasy VII that's coming out, an HD remake of Final Fantasy? Yeah. yeah. Well, I remember years ago reading something that uh, they wanted to try making Final Fantasy VII HD for PlayStation 3, but they said it would take too long. In 1997, when that game came out, I assume, I mean, you can just make a few polygons and make that into a shape, and you know that represents something. But now, when you have to make everything realistic, that's going to take time on everything. So I'm kind of worried about how video games might be too detailed now. Here's some interesting things about that. First off, uh, the reason why the Final Fantasy VII game, the remake, is being done episodically was it was the only way for them to not only make back their money because the cost of making a video game has increased so much that if they released the entire three disc from the original game as one game at $60, they would never make back their profit. And um, and the thing is, a lot of people complain that like I, I for one, I, I rarely buy games new because uh, 60 bucks for a new game is really expensive. Like I can't afford that, you know, uh, obviously there's a big title like Smash Brothers or something that I really want. I, I support it day one. But a lot of times I wait for games to go cheaper. But if you really look at inflation and how things go and how big these budgets for games it's shocking that t- movies and video games have not went up in price compared comparatively. Like mm-hmm. if, if you inc- count inflation, cause keep in mind games have been 60 bucks since like super Nintendo. Well, um, and for the PS2 GameCube era, I, I think they were $50. I think, mm-hmm. do I remember correctly? Uh, 50 to 60 bucks relatively, but like it's been that price for a long time. And if you increase inflation, a, a $60 game back then, would be about a hundred bucks now. I, I was looking at old magazine scans for, um, well, like Sears catalogs for like Super Nintendo games, and like some of the games were like eighty dollars, ninety, like Donkey Kong mm-hmm. Country. Because of the uh, technology that was in them, like the Super FX chip yeah, made it. Yeah, but but now we have discs, so that's I don't know, much more cost effective. Uh, you're right. Games are <laughs> getting a little too ridiculous for uh, how much money has to go in to make them good. And that's the reason why you see so much DLC and focus on additional content. It's because they're not actually making back their money from the the main install base. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could probably argue that that's probably more of the industry's fault for adding extra money into it. And they should be refocusing on what they're spending their money to keep the games cost effective. But then, I mean, graphics and how pretty the game is is the only thing gamers care about, quote unquote. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, we want it- good gameplay, but... In marketing theory, that seems to be the case. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I mean, it Star- just seems what everyone's talking about. The, the new Star Wars Battlefront for EA only has four levels, but the levels look freaking amazing. 
Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, these are the best graphics ever, but there's four levels. I remembered was this fucking tweet from uh, Square Enix. And they're like, location hunting today. Look at this fucking boulder. Isn't it a great boulder? We're going to put it in the game. And it's just them taking pictures of the fucking boulder and then rendering it in 3D and trying to make it look like the best damn boulder. And then you just kind of realize, you know, I think there needs to be some prioritizing here. <laughs> I like that boulder. That is a nice boulder. Okay, I was trying to avoid that, but thanks to you, <laughs> asshole. I mean, but otherwise, if they don't make that boulder look like the best boulder ever, you're going to look at that as like, wow, those textures are pretty shitty. What a half-ass oh. game. <laughs> Even I did it. I was playing Yoshi Woolly World, and like in the uh, main area, they kind of like zoom in a little bit because of the story. And you see the, how shitty the uh, texture on like this yarn ball is. Mm-hmm. It, it looks like an N64, just flat surface. It's not 3D modeled. No. And uh, it, it looks great from above. But like the cameras moved down just a little bit to ruin the uh, the effect, and like that that hurt me, you know. Oh. Like physically, I'm just like, and not not physically, but you know, like I'm, I focused <laughs> on that imperfection. So yeah, uh, yeah. the thing I, is, I, I feel like though we do it to ourselves. Like we complain about how oh we're wasting so much time, we're not prioritizing, and you know we're focusing too much on graphics when they don't matter. But then in game reviews, people will say like well, these graphics are fantastic, or, well, these graphics are just awful, and then that suddenly makes it a priority, and, like, a studio will look at that and be like, well, clearly, this matters to gamers, and if it matters to them, then that matters to marketing, so we have to focus in on that, because now that's part of the priority. Well, look at Wind Waker. Wind Waker is a really good Zelda game. It might be easier than most, but, like, there's a lot of little tiny details that they got to focus on because they weren't spending so much time on modeling. They were, they were able to, like, have Link look around and have expressive faces. And, like, it, that was really cool. You know, if there's a key item that you're supposed to focus on, you could actually move the camera and Link would be looking at it as a hint, which is the coolest way of, you know, basically helping the player find something in a video game I've ever heard of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and it's really subtle because it's just his eyes looking. It's not like his whole head like pointing at it. And um, the little animations are really good. They spent a lot of time on making it quirky and personable. And because they weren't spending so much time modeling it. But everyone screamed and hollered and whined about how terrible Wind Waker was at the time. Now it's a it's the perfect game according to people. Oh, yeah. But yeah. like at the time it's like this isn't the realistic Zelda I want. And it's like because people don't know how to tell the difference between a lot of detail and what is good art design? Well, anything different will uh, make everyone panic for a while, but eventually they'll grow to like it, hopefully. But uh, mm-hmm. hmm. there was the adding to the controversy around Wind Waker at the time is uh, when they were releasing the GameCube for the first time. They showed like uh, I don't know footage of like what the what the GameCube is capable of, and there was this footage of Link fighting Ganon in like a an updated. Ocarina of Time style, like a, I guess, a semi-realistic style, and people uh, were expecting that's going to be the next Zelda game, but it turned out to be Wind Waker. That was unrelated to Wind Waker at all, or any Zelda game production, because what they do is when the game... Demo. Yeah, it was yeah, a tech, yeah, it was demo, a tech demo. People are going to think, oh, that's what the next Zelda game is going to look like. Yeah, well, people don't think. Yeah, like, <laughs> like that um, like that Wii U tech demo for uh, Zelda. They, they did the same fucking thing again, where they were like, okay, guys, here, here's the Zelda on the Wii U, and it, it's just him fighting a generic spider enemy. And then you see the open world Zelda. Annoy- oh, I'm sorry. They don't like open world. They don't like the terminology. But um, they showed uh, the new game, 
and it looks like a, a mix between Twilight Princess and Wind Waker and Skyward Sword. Mm-hmm. And everybody's just like, oh, okay, well, I guess we have this then. Yeah. Hey, I remember when least... people actually thought it was going to come out this year. That was really funny. No. Hey, hey, at least we have 20 seconds of footage from that game. That game explained can make a 20-minute video talking about it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking um, – that horseback gameplay did look kind of fun though. <laughs> uh, I, I haven't played a Zelda game, so I might as well just make this one my first. I, like, to be honest, I'm hopeful for that game because I think it looks fucking cool. They're, they changed a lot. We haven't seen anything of it, though. We've seen like but, one like, little part where he pulls out a cyberpunk mm-hmm. bow and arrow thing. No, no, they released minor gameplay videos before. Uh, I've, I've only seen like it, 10 seconds been, of footage. They've shown like minimalistic stuff. I'll admit there's it's not a lot to to go on but mm. it's enough to get me kind of more so interested in this than any other zelda game that seems to be coming out lately skyward sword <clears throat> their whole marketing was motion controls and look at all this cool stuff we can do with motion controls but now on the wii u a vast majority of the gimmicks just have to do with like touch screen and well that's what about- less obnoxious than the wiimote so that gives me just a little more hope that this isn't at the very least going to be a super obnoxious uh, Legend of Zelda rendition that maybe they'll actually focus a bit more on the adventure itself, the game itself, what about rather than kind Link of trying Between to push for a gimmick. How'd you Link, about that Link one? Between Worlds was good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I kind of forgot about that one. That I one was yeah. good. I haven't played, like I said, I haven't played any, but Link Between Worlds I heard was super, super good, so I might... I. I, I want to say I'll pick it up when it's discounted, but it's Nintendo, so... Yeah. <laughs> well, what I love about uh, Link Between Worlds is that it's uh, it kind of had a bit of a gimmick, fine, you could say that, but it wasn't a gimmick specific to the 3DS. It wasn't like a peripheral gimmick. It was No, like it a, was not at all, and it, was it wasn't a, a 3D game. gimmick really either. I mean, you could argue they had set pieces that work better with 3D, but I never played the game in 3D, and the game was just as good. So I and the But what I'm t- thinking about mostly is the paint gimmick, where you could uh, slap yourself into the wall, but what I liked about that is that could function in any game. You could play that on the Xbox and it would be good. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not like with Wind Waker where they tried so hard to make this like Wii Motion. Are you uh, talking about Skyward Sword? Sky, wait, what did I say? Wind Waker. Fuck. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Wind Waker is good too because, again, it's a game that could have existed on any platform. It didn't matter about the gimmick. It mattered that they made a function in the game that was fun. Well, yeah. are you particularly against motion controls it's not exactly motion controls. It's the fact that, like, uh, the game the is so focused on the motion controls. Mm-hmm. It felt like it was focused so hard on this gimmick that it didn't focus on just making a game. Right. Uh, well, yeah, well, for example, that. the latest Kirby game, I want it so bad because visually it's really, really cool. Everything looks like it's stop motion Play-Doh. That sounds so good. But then I found out that it's a uh, it's the draw a line and Kirby follows it type of game that was on the, the DS. And I don't like that uh, gameplay. I just don't find it fun. But if it was like just a regular Kirby game with that aesthetic, I would have been so happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I so happy. Yeah, who asked for a Canvas Curse sequel? Um, here's the answer. Fucking nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I want that like I want a Crystal Chronicles sequel. I want a Sonic oh Chronicles my. the Dark Brotherhood sequel. Oh my god, I played Crystal Chronicles <laughs> once. I remember this. I mean, like, I, you didn't have... Okay, 
you you couldn't just hooked up your GameCube controllers. Everybody had to bring their own Game Boy Advances and also a cable to attach it to the GameCube, and that's how you played. It wasn't exactly a cost-effective game. <laughs> it's, yeah, and it's shit like that that just kills me. It's it, like, it was, no, just make a game. It was like a kind of like a precursor to, to the Wii U in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and... It felt very unintuitive, and it made me just completely not want to play the game. I had the same thing with um, Four Swords Adventure, because to my memory now, that required uh, the one for the GameCube. Uh, that one required like Game Boy Advances in order to play, like in order to have like a second player. Which uh, I think I think that's actually be... the lowest selling Zelda game ever, besides the CDI ones. Oh, shoot. Dang. That's what I've heard. It was really kind of strange because it felt like a Game Boy game, but I was playing it on a GameCube. Oh, yeah. Well, 2D graphics at the time were like, I don't know, like we, we kind of like abandoned 2D graphics. And then Alien Hominid came around and started mm. bringing back retro games. Yeah. yeah. I do like the 2D comeback. I, I prefer it best in like, you know, vector art, like... Uh, like uh, Rayman Legends and Origins and stuff like that. Uh, more of a, uh, I guess it depends on the game. Like I'm a really big fan of Pixels. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I loved I'm Undertale so and shit like that. So uh, it can vary. Just mm -hmm. I feel with vector art though, you can give yourself a little more artistic room mm -hmm. to draw whatever kind of image that you want, just so long as it can fit in the boundaries of, uh, you know, <laughs> vector animation. Yeah. But it, with pixel art, it is a I feel a little limited because you are. It is inherently minimalistic. Yeah. I mean... Oh, two pixels. I would like to see someone try doing a PlayStation 1 style low poly 3D objects for a game. Me too. I love that art style. Okay, so like Digimon World, I'm a really big fan of it. And I love how they like minimalistically make these models where like the wings is just one texture yeah. <laughs> flat. It's so cool. I mean, I like the uh, someone should do the style of like Mega Man Legends. I love that style because like the fa their faces like they don't really have mouths. It's just drawn mm. on like the how they're animated, and I just like that style to it. Oh, oh, you mean like the uh, uh, that it was a 3D one, right? Yeah, a 3D, 3D Mega Man, Mega Man Legends, the RPG. Yes, which yes, uh, that looked great. If you play that now, it does not hold up. <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of yeah. choppy. I feel though three uh, that version of 3D modeling does have a charm to it. I faintly uh, discussed this in that uh, video that I'm making now. But yeah, uh, PlayStation One graphics and N64, kind of that very early era of modeling where it wasn't quite the uh, uh, it wasn't quite absolutely awful, but it wasn't quite perfection yet. Mm -hmm. But so, but it had, like, a charm to it, you know? Yeah. Like, kind of what we were talking about earlier about Final Fantasy, we didn't really draw, a, like, a realistic-looking body. We just drew something that looks kind of close to it. Mm -hmm. and, and and we knew it, but it still, it worked. It had a style to it. Like, uh, I think a really good example of this is Rare. Rare did a really good job at, like, yeah. making something out of very little... Um, like I really want a Banjo Kazooie uh, paper craft thing. I don't know how to make those. Like I'm just I, I don't know. But like I was always I always hint like especially when I first started YouTube and I was like oh you got a PO box does anyone want to make you know, Banjo Kazooie paper craft? <laughs> but but I because I, I think the CG models like I almost like want to 3D print one. <laughs> but I th I think I, the models are really really cool. Yeah. They no they were fantastic. I think that Rare was so fucking smart with their 
like their modeling of all these characters because the N64 was polygonal and it was very minimalistic. He didn't want shit coming out like hybrid heaven because that was terrifying. <laughs> but so you had things look cartoony and kind of simple and basic, but you got the general idea of what you're looking at, you know? Yeah. Like, Banjo's nose was never round. It was a bunch of blocks, but it looked round enough that you could buy it. Mm-hmm. Speaking of yeah. low-poly stuff, you know what kind of game I'd like to see? Fucking Sonic the Fighters, like, the graphics like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the lowest good. poly possible. I mean, it's. I mean, if people can accept 8-bit art, like, I think we can accept uh, low-poly 3D art. Yeah. I feel like it gets too much shit right now. I, I think it should have some kind of comeback, I mean, or at least some sort of... People and love Katamari Damashi and uh, Minecraft, and they kind of have a little bit of that style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. Like, I mean, Minecraft, honestly, yeah. Minecraft, looking back at it, it's just like, oh, there's this game. It's going to be made of just basically 3D pixels. Um, it's going to be everything's going to be really square and horribly made and pixely. <laughs> and then people are like, yeah, that's what I want. I don't know if Notch specifically said it's going to look horrible. Let's do it. And then everyone's like, yeah, let's fucking do it. Well, I mean, like how minimalistic the the game is, they could easily throw in like because you see all those like Minecraft animated where like, they add like actual 3D like lighting and, and like mm-hmm. um, gl- blurs and such. You could do that. You could actually make Minecraft look really, really nice, even what it is. Mm hmm. But no. Well, I think they leave that up to the modders, you know, for people to make like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just leave it up to uh, the fans to do the work for the people who make the game. Good idea. I like, yeah. I like it's their. Not, it's not exactly fair. I think it's because it's like people have. We're so far into Minecraft now that there's people that prefer no lighting and some oh, people that yeah. prefer like, you know, it not change. So if they were to come out with like dynamic lighting and stuff and have that implemented into the game, mm-hmm. I think the amount of people that would be pleased with it would be side by side with the amount of people that would absolutely hate it. This isn't Minecraft original. (laughs) I was there at the beta. That makes me the greatest. So something really cool about Minecraft, because keep in mind, I've never actually played it, but I saw a video that they, they apparently teamed up with like a phone company. And so you can actually build a phone within the game and Skype with people. That's through the game. Wow. I did not know this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, you have to be like super zoomed out because the you know each pixel is a block in Minecraft, and it basically just renders out your webcam footage for someone, and um, it, and then like it makes a really shitty like old school GIF looking version of it, and it's like on par, it's like one for one there, um, and then what the person sees who's skyping with you, they see your actual Minecraft avatar. This, As if it's in the game. Th- that reminds My me, like, God. I think in uh, EverQuest, like that old, and also RuneScape, maybe, the, the, those 2000s-era MMORPGs, I think you can wait, actually wait, excuse order... me, excuse me. Did you call it RunScape? <laughs> RunScape? I don't know. RuneScape. Even I know that. One of those games, you you could actually, I'm like... I'm sorry, it's very dear to my heart. <laughs> I didn't play Fucking that crap. RunScape? I, I saw how shitty the graphics were, and I'm like, fuck this. But, like, uh, <laughs> I saw, but I, I remember you could, like, order pizza within the game. Oh, wow. Like, from Pizza Hut, like, there was a special deal for, like, some of these MMOs ordering pizza. Just type in slash pizza, and you get, like, a, a menu from, like, uh, Pizza Hut. 
Mm-hmm. And you got a big pan pizza boner. Fuck you. You're just like, me. Gotta get the. You know pizza. what I miss? Okay, so let's combine the topic of pizza and old school PlayStation games. Remember when you got demos from Pizza Hut? Yeah. That's how I learned I remember, about Crash Bandicoot. I mean, it was I'm, not only just demos, but all, it was essentially a PlayStation magazine, and it was all these like interviews or behind the scenes stuff and all, all these cool features. Mm. I remember I got a video game from a box of shoes. What? I, 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 that sentence is actually kind of messy. I bought some shoes. And with the shoes, I got a video game. What was the game? It was, uh, it had something to do with Jordans. Like, <laughs> like something like fast. Was it like some CD, some, some crappy CD that just you put into your computer yeah, and you play some Yeah, it was like, I, I believe it was some kind of like, uh, yeah, it was some kind of like PC game about like, you know, Air Jordans. Yeah, a lot of companies were doing that, just dropping in CDs to their like cereal boxes or whatever, like, hey, Buy our shitty toy like a tech tech dude, and you get uh this crappy Tony Hawk knockoff game. Like I, I need to find that game. That this it was a you know tech tech dude, right? It was just these oh, totally these chicken nuggets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <riding> <laughs> kind of did look like chicken nuggets. And I remember yeah, like uh, one of the commercials, they said, "Hey, buy one of these things, and there's a video game inside." It. And I'm like, "Ooh, it's like Tony Hawk. I need that," but I could never find it. No. Yeah. Now, if you have a P.O. box, you're going to get, like, 15 of them. Yeah, it's probably a shitty game. It doesn't even work on current computers. Oh, that's the word. I bought Roller Coaster Tycoon on Steam, and I've yet to actually get it to work. Oh, yeah. oh, I, I, I fucking love Roller Coaster Tycoon. I, I, do, I do, too. That's the reason why I bought it. But, like, uh, I, I would argue and complain, but because of my work schedule, I will buy a game. And then, it, like, it literally took me a year to actually try to play it. Dude, so I dude, feel like I can't get my money back. Just get it on GOG. Gog. That's Gog. Gog. Like yeah, no. Games. They have it's on there for like ten bucks. I have to buy yeah. it again. <laughs> Fuck it, I'll buy it for you. Oh, Fuck it, ten dollars. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Morty, your Morty Gumbus, fucking asshole. Have <laughs> mm. student loans, man. I don't care if you have student loans. Buy this old video game. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate convincing. Just shut up, man. <laughs> But going back to games being so expensive, like, I just want to compare it to movies. Like, uh, I mean, with movies, like, you release a movie, like, it makes money in the theater, it makes money on streaming and DVDs, and it'll, it'll re- replay on TV, and they get money from that. And all merchandise. But, oh, merchandise. <laughs> but with video games, it's like, it's in the store, and that's it. That's the only way to make money. Yeah. It's in the store. Unless you're Nintendo, and then you can re-release the game after, like, five years and be- keep it full price. Oh, yeah, but, like, you still have to convert it to new consoles and whatever, and that's that, that costs money. I don't know. How do you guys feel about Kickstarters and Indiegogos at this point? I mean, Well, I, I mean, I, I clutch on to things like Shovel Knight and, like, well, that works, so I don't know. But I do feel like a lot of them kind of – I've heard many stories of, like, you know, someone sets up a Kickstarter and then – the guy takes all that money, and then nothing happens. Well, yeah, like Yogg's Cast, apparently, uh, earlier this year, they announced that this $3 million game that they got funded through Kickstarter got canceled. Uh, and what they got in return? Oh, they, they sent everyone codes to a, a friend's game or something. Because <laughs> they're not going to send back the money. Uh, I mean, I, I, what would you do in that situation? Because they probably already spent a couple, like, a, a half of it. 
on the game and realized it wasn't gonna, you know, it was gonna cost more and they can't afford it. So I guess they just pocket the rest. Like, what do you do in that situation? I mean, I, these kicks. I'd almost say like oh, go give back as much as you can, but yeah, it is. It's a messy situation when you've spent half of it. Like, what do you say to the other half? Well, like sorry, I guess. donate to something or you know, like to a charity of such. But like, it's literally they just like, well, we spent a lot of it. Uh, we can't make a game now because we don't have enough money. I guess we're just gonna keep the rest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. These Kickstarters kind of, like, I guess taught me the value of some of these games because, like, I, I hear a lot of these Kickstarters, like, they say, hey, $3 million for this, and then you learn about, yeah, that's just a small portion of the full budget of the game. It costs way mm-hmm. more than that, and they have other investors in, in the back, and it's like, wow, video games are expensive. Yeah, I mean, well, because, like, a lot of these games start out <laughs> with, like, oh, we're going to ask for 2500 and it's like, that's not how much a game makes. Uh, and so it's like either they're really hoping for the, uh, the the stretch goals to be able to afford what the game's actually supposed to be, mm-hmm. or it's a inexperienced person writing a Kickstarter that doesn't know how things work. Walt Disney Home Video presents Aladdin, the movie that became a sensation. Are you kidding? It's the most popular movie of the year. Is now something special on video. How about that? Disney's newest classic is fun for kids. The best. Fun for grown-ups. It's outrageous. Fun for the whole family. Big group hug. It's so funny. But hurry, it's only available for a limited time. So I have to go and get it right now. Home on Latin on video, the movie everyone loves. It was great. So, you want to get into the next question? Is that all? Oh yeah, there's there's questions. There were there. questions. We talked for another <laughs> hour. Adrian Africa, question: If you always had to give gifts for Christmas, and the only thing you can give are the corpses of any person, real or fictional, who would it be? What a great question. <laughs> can we do an extra question? <laughs> um. <laughs> Damn. Uh, okay, let me think of what shriveling corpse I'll give to my brother. How about the dead carcass of Robin Williams? There. <laughs> no, too soon. <laughs> no, not too soon. <laughs> it was. It was kind of. A... Is, is that appropriate amount of time? Like, oh. I don't think it's too soon. When's t- but when's the too soon limit? Yeah. <laughs> I, I made a Robin Williams joke like a few seconds after he died. I think. Oh. oh. <laughs> This question is so much. I think oh. something along the lines of "You can't be an Evangelion now, motherfucker." Oh, that's <laughs> not nice. Oh. He, he, fun fact though, um, Robin Williams did try for the role of Gendo Ikari in uh, the rebuild of Evangelion films, but he was turned down. Was he? Too, wasn't he too expensive or something? I, I don't. I, I've never read a reason on why he was turned down. Oh. <laughs> I honestly can't think of anything. But like, I can't imagine he was too expensive because he did the TV Aladdin movie. So he's willing to, if he loves sure? Cause, um, Yeah, he did. No, no, he did the third one. He didn't do the second one, but oh. he did the third one. Because I assume they just, they just got the voice actor of Homer to impersonate him. For the no, actually, if you're talking about the the, the kings, the, 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 the knife, whatever, the, 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 the king, king of, of thieves. thieves, that's the one. Um, they actually got the guy who did uh, the homework guy to do the whole film, recorded it, and then they were able to negotiate Robin Williams. So Robin Williams came in and redid all the lines. Oh, thanks for nothing. Yeah. What a sweetie. Hey, two guys got paid. That's cool, I guess. Yeah, ho- oh, hopefully they got paid. That's all that matters. Because, <laughs> yeah, like, Robin uh, Williams' big thing about the Aladdin movies and why he stopped voicing Genie 
wasn't because of the pay. Well, it was partially due to they paid him too little, but he agreed to get paid less as long as they didn't use Genie as the main marketing ploy. Mm-hmm. And it, like, like, it, like legally, Disney was not allowed to have Genie more than 25% of the poster. And then if you look at all the posters, he's like 90%. <laughs> uh, I see. Hmm. Well, I guess we have an, well this other question to end off on. Rafael Mendoza. Question, Pen, do you remember a video game reviewer named George Wood that did those gaming in the Clinton years videos? Remember him? Yeah. Uh, what about him? I don't know. Yeah, what about him? Huh? <laughs> wow, this was a shitty question. All right. Wow, what a this what a counter question. Podcast. Wow. Yeah, you hey, do you remember this guy? Yeah, I do. He sucked. What about I him? I guess this is the end of the podcast. Who are you people? I'm, I'm Dradix. I'm Fucking <laughs> just breaking the silence. I'm Dradix. I make game reviews. I do a podcast and I do uh, art on Tumblr. And I also am working on animations, if that uh, wasn't obvious. Yeah, uh, from... I'm Stev. I also work on animations. <laughs> I mean, are in a much fiction. higher scheme than mine, though. I, uh, it's arguable. I'm Nolan. Yeah, but, All my animations are fetish art. It is true. He's been sending me a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> you don't got to tell me, dude. He sends them to me, too. <laughs> I never know how to react to some of them. <laughs> and the next video is going to be top five Christmas specials. So goodbye, every pony. Fuck you. Thank you. I'm done. I quit. It's over. Play us out, Emily. I don't want a lot for Christmas. There is just one thing I need. And I don't care about the presents underneath the Christmas tree. I don't need to hang my stocking there upon the fireplace. Santa Claus won't make me happy with a toy on Christmas Day. I just want you for my own, more than you could ever know. Make my wish come true. All I want for Christmas is you.